What's happening, everyone? Welcome to the Paranormies. I'm Johnny Monoxide, and tonight, starting off Season 7, I am joined by Dogbot. What is up? Not much. Had a very, very blessed break. Outstanding. Also joining me this evening, Reinhard von Krieger. Hello. What's up? Also had a great break. Finally got to uh, see my, my family for the first time in a, over a year. Nice. That's always nice. And joining us from across the Western Pond. Hello, Mr. Old Skull. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. I had a great break as well. I don't really have much other to add than that. <laughs> awesome. I had a great break as well. And uh, yeah, welcome to season seven, everybody. Uh, real quick, want to get this out of the way. Um, we tried to leave TRS a month ago, but it is finally official. After seven, six seasons, season seven will be found exclusively on paranormies.com and at t.me slash the paranormies present. All right. Hi, guys. Break was good. Very good. Awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Yes. Awesome. Glad everybody had a good time. Christmas, uh, we finished up season six right at Christmas. Uh, everybody get a, have a good Christmas? Uh, fairly well. Yeah. I did fairly well. Yeah. I don't really care about getting stuff. I, it's just about being with family. Oh, for sure. For sure. I spent it with, with the family. We had a good time. I did the dad thing of uh, sipping my coffee, watching them open the presents. You know, and then um, they actually spoiled me this year. It was it was actually nice. It's the first time. The wife actually has uh, she's got a she's got a work from home job, and um, she was like, "I finally got to buy you something that you didn't actually pay for." <laughs> so <laughs> that's always nice. But uh, New Year's was great. Uh, it is twenty twenty two. Good lord, twenty twenty two. You know what that means, though, dude. It's like just 2022. Where is it? No, it it means that 22 was 2000 years ago, man. Yeah, it's true. There's there's actually a few know this. It also means we're we're coming up on February 22nd, which is going to be two, 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 which will also be two o'clock and 22 minutes and 22 seconds on that day. So I'm, Sure, nothing will happen. But no, nothing, nothing. It's, it's, no, they don't it's a like lot of twos. twos. That's a lot of twos, and it's like it sounds like you had a stutter there for a second. But are they yes. are they not going to bring up like another uh, another synagogue hostage situation? Well, what do they got? Day? Five going right now. <laughs> I don't know. They're gonna they're gonna start rolling out uh, some Soylent Green. Some <laughs> that wouldn't surprise me. Some yeah. some Soylent Shabbat. Yeah, except uh, whenever all the shelves empty, the Soylent Green is the stuff that's left over on the far right of the meat end. The Beyond Beef, that's oh, all that, just Soylent Green. Yeah, is that what that is? You think that's Soylent Green at this point, or is it? Yeah, it, and then yeah, they'll just boy. make us. They're, they're going to make us eat it, and uh, you know, at first people will complain about it, but then afterwards, you know, people will have like niche internet celebrity takes on which Soylent Green is better and what to do with it, and They'll develop entire online personalities based on it. I'm sure Nico Avocado will jump on the Soylent Green train. They already have the celebrity meat that you can eat your favorite tasting celebrity. Have you guys seen that one? I saw that. Yeah, the gay community is going nuts over this. I mean, like, seriously, (laughs) think about it. 
Think about the faggots are just like, oh my god, I get to eat Brad Pitt. You know, like get to eat John Stamos right. meat. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you have to do John Stamos after after Bob Saget died too? But um like you'd bring up John Somewhere. Stamos, one of the other pedos on that show. If you ground up some Bob Saget and smoked him, uh, you'd be high for like a month. I mean, probably. You you would be inducted into the DMT elves like village at that point. I don't know. Yeah. I think you might have to smoke ground up Joe Rogan to get that kind of experience. You get it? The Joe Rogan experience. Boo. Boo. Yeah. I know it was terrible. It was sitting there. I had to. Is that what the real Joe Rogan experience was? The oh. real Joe Rogan experience was the DMT we did along the way. That's true. Yeah. And by the DMT we did along the way, I meant like the kind you do while you're sleeping in your dreams. Don't do drugs without any sort of outside stimulus. I mean, AS, would you consider ASMR stimulus? Uh, yeah. I don't know. Okay, good. You can say, so why would it, I would never do that because ASMR is stimulus and we're doing this non-stimulated, right? I don't listen to ASMR. So you you don't listen to an FTM stomping on a pack of cigarettes when you go to sleep? What? No, I listen to a Russian lady give me a haircut. Did you guys hear about the one time that that guy stepped on some of Joe Rogan's sweat on a mat, on an MMA mat, and uh, he was transported into the, uh, the dark carnival for like five minutes? Was it? Yeah. Did he get transported into like a hyperbaric isolation chamber first? No, but it would have been better if he did. Yeah. Where he spilled a cup of Hermes. Uh, yeah, he would have turned into an ape and uh, run rampant into the streets. Whoa, whoa, <laughs> whoa. We all know how Joe Rogan feels about chimpanzees. So, <laughs> Have any of y'all seen Altered States? I, hey. I, I don't. I feel like I have, but then again, altered carbon is also a thing, so I'm not sure if I'm... No, 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 nothing like that. Uh, William Hurt is like doing experiments with uh, deprivation tanks and whatnot. Oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. No, I haven't seen it. At some point, he turns himself into an ape and runs rampant in the city. Then he reverts back. Yeah, I know the movie, but I haven't seen it. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Yeah, the the whole isolation chamber thing is very interesting. Uh, There's there was a place in California that I always wanted to try. It was called float and you go do the isolation tanks and you float and it's like supposed to be really therapeutic and good for you. That's Don't how know. they do MK ultra and uh, remote viewing. Oh yeah. And yeah. That other stuff. Right. And then I, I read about, I yeah, then we started doing a hyperbaric chamber than sensory deprivation tank. I'm sorry. I'd rather do the hyperbaric chamber thing than a uh, sensory deprivation tank. Sure. Every time I hear hyperbaric chamber, I remember that scene from Zoolander. It's the only thing I can ever think of. You know, I still have not watched that entire movie all the way through. I've seen it wow. all. I've seen it really? all, but I've never sat through an entire viewing of the the whole movie start to finish. It was one of the only DVDs I owned in the early, very, very early aughts. And me and my roommates, we must have watched it a hundred times because there was just nothing else to put on. <laughs> It's actually, it is a funny movie and it's entertaining, but it also is interesting in that you realize when you get a little bit older and learn about these things that it's got so much truth about MKUltra mm-hmm. and mind control and the way Hollywood works in it. Right, right. We it's knew a, a DJ that looked exactly like the DJ in that movie and it was, it was really funny to us because he had these really terrible dreads and they stank. 
you. All right. Well, yeah. That's pretty much everybody with dreads. Mm. 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 Um, we have a bunch of mail that we got over the break. Not not actual mail, because not many people sent us stuff over the break. Um, but we did get we did get a couple of donations over the break. We got we got some Bitcoin and we got a hundred and twenty dollar donation from JK, who sent us a very nice note that I I I don't want to read it on the air. But thank you, JK. And it's not because I wish I wish you would. You want me to? All right. Fine. Since you twisted my arm. Dear Johnny and the boys, what? I really enjoyed the season finale show. Your rant about the people who were so wrong about the COVID scam from the beginning and still have terrible takes should just shut the fuck up. My subscription to TRS expired in September, and the tedious guys pissed me off so much because they have such shitty takes on the pandemic. Really made me wonder about them. Anyway, I decided to give you guys the 120 instead of TRS. Keep up the good work, and I'm looking forward to the new season. Best wishes, JK. P.S. You can read this on the show. All right. There you go. Thank you, J.K. Thanks, J.K. Thank you very much. Yes. He was not J.K. about that at all. (laughs) (laughs) What? Terrible. Come on. Those are awful. Yeah, those are terrible. You see how terrible puns are, Chase? This is why puns suck, okay? (laughs) That was all just so I could say that puns suck to Chase on the show. So he gets he gets abused yeah, all, uh, and gets a shout out. Yep. It's the carrot and the stick at the same time. <clears throat> I like to beat people with the carrot. Use the carrot as the stick. Like, you know. Just don't use the carrot the way Gavin McInnes would have. We were you know what, dude, we could have gone like a whole ten more minutes without talking about that. I could have gone my entire life without ever talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God. Gavin McGinnis, not that one specific situation. Right, right. Oh, Lord. I'm sure... Yeah, I don't think that was a carrot, though. Stop! Lord. All right. All right. Hey, guys. Dogbot's back. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Man, I didn't know what to do for, like, two weeks there, dude. Like, like the, the nights we do the Nationalist Inquirer, like, the boy was like, Dad, you got show tonight? I'm like, no, dude. We're on break. What? I know. It felt weird. I know. And, but, and I'd like to thank the world for not doing a whole bunch of crazy shit. So we had to come back. Yeah, that was that was what I was just going to say is uh, nobody, nobody tried to uh, overthrow their own government through, you know, it, uh, alphabet agencies. And right. I mean, we did just get a uh, volcano eruption this morning. So well, was, they waited till today. Shout out to the glow niggers for hanging out until we got back from break. Appreciate it. Thank you, Harp. Very cool. Yes. For once. Well, we definitely have some falsy, flaggy-looking stuff going on in my part of the continent-wide strip mall right now. Oh, yeah. That's what I was saying. I mean, what are we up to? Are we up to five synagogues under uh, under some sort of hostage situation? One of them's being held a hostage by a chick in a burqa, I was told. Wow. They're, well, they're dipping into some old uh, mid-Obama administration they're like, stuff. Yeah, they're like, bring back the well, muzzy hate. Oh, yeah. So well, do you, rem- one- do you remember when that couple shot up that entire workplace in like San Bernardino? San Bernardino. That was one of the yeah, big things happened. That was one of the big things in 2015. That was like, wait a second. That was total gay op because and that was when Apple first gave permission to um, to the police to actually jail or to break into somebody's phone like Apple did it. 
Well, what was really weird was there was this band named the Eagles of Death Metal. Yes. And they were attacked by Muslims in in France, right? In Paris. They had yeah, well, there was a also, concert blew They up. also had a song about San Bernardino. Whoa. I believe it was called San Bernardino, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, I no, they, it's like some little uh hipster twist on the on the name right, San but Bernardino. It's, but it's whatever, it, the song's San about San Bernardino. Right. You, you know what's really interesting? You want to talk about synchronicities right after the thing that happened in, uh, what, what was the France one called? The Eagles of uh, Death Metal? That- no, the the event. Oh, uh, the Truck of Peace. Bataclan. Bataclan concert. Bataclan, the yeah. Bataclan concert. Yeah. Right after that, <clears throat> Gavin McInnes actually had the Eagles of Death Metal on, and he used to have the lead singer and, I guess, guitarist or somebody else on all the time for interviews. And they were um, there are interviews of them talking to him about the event after it happened, which I think would be really interesting to go back and watch now that we have the hindsight of what happens in these sorts of gay ops. And the document and the Eagles of Death Metal documentary um, that this French reporter, uh, when they did a reunion, they, they went back and, and did a show there uh, for the fans or, or whatever. Right. And. They, they were asking him about his position on firearms, and he was very, very pro-Second Amendment. Yeah, he used to shoot guns all the time when he was interviewing Gavin. I remember yeah. that. Yep. So, yeah, I remember that. But did, did, his, did his opinion change after the... No, article? not at all. In okay. fact, he wished he had one. Okay. <laughs> he thought, like, <laughs> yeah. in, fact, in fact, his opinion was, if I had one, I could have saved more of my fans. Right. Yeah. From a bomb? Oh, it wasn't a bomb. They it was were, a they shooting. Were being gunned down. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a shooting. Oh, I thought but that one was a bomb. None of the band members got shot. Whatsoever. I thought that was a bomb. The, the um, bombs were for the soccer. The bombs were for the soccer event that was going on simultaneously in a different part of the city. Yeah. Okay. And, All right. Yeah. The, well, see, that was 2015. There's been a lot of gay ops since then. I've, you know. Yeah, Bataclan was the one where they looked like they mopped the floor with uh, fake blood. Yeah, I remember. No, I remember the scene because this the the main the main photograph that is printed. You know, that's that's anytime that's mentioned, it's that shot from the balcony where you just right. see the floor is just covered and it's not even painted. It's like somebody was mopping. It was just yeah. a shitty mop in blood, and yeah, it's not it's even. Like, yeah, it's like somebody just dumped it around and moved it around with a mop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. That doesn't look like the way blood. Whatever, we're not going to get into that. <laughs> yeah, we have we have other content. We have yeah we have, we have we always have actual content, but we do have shit posting to get over with first. So that is true. Uh, what else is man uh, coming out of the break? We got we do have a bunch of email um, that we will get to. We're not going to do it tonight. I mean, we're just that's our first show back. We're not going to read the emails. Sorry for those who wrote emails. We will get to them. I promise we'll do a whole email show. We'll do like, we'll do like that one show does. Um, and, uh, and, and do email shows only every now and then. Can, can I share something that a fan made for us? I mean, it's an audio podcast, but go ahead. Yeah, so you're trying to be very restrained. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be an Aztec death whistle. It is an Aztec death whistle. I have mine in my hand. Everybody finally got theirs. There it is. There it is. There it is. You, just, 
You just have to go outside in front of everybody's apartment or homes and just blow it as loud as you can. Yeah. Oh, the chupacabra did not like that. No, I'm not allowed to blow. I'm not allowed to blow mine in the house. I told you this before, guys. Yeah, I did yeah. it. I did it once, very, uh, very restrained in my own home, and my my two year old just looked up at me and goes, "No, no, <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not doing that, not doing it." <laughs> And then he proceeded um, to take the other one and shove it in his mouth. <laughs> that's funny. Hey, uh, Skull, speaking of, um, yeah, yours is on the way. Yes, yeah. I have it, and I'm, uh, I've sent it off. Well, I had it. Yeah, send me that bill, Reinhardt. So, anyway. Not a problem. Um, Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No problem. Looking forward to it. Um, but, yeah, I'm not allowed to blow mine in the house because they are very ominous, and I can see how a thousand of these surrounding you from the trees and you're like, you know, some Spaniard fresh off a boat. You might like, you know, shit your pantaloons. <laughs> when you're a med conquistador, just trying to convert the, the native savages and the trees start screaming. And the trees start. Scre- <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and somehow, somehow you're Quetzalcoatl though. Yeah. Right. I'm I'm thinking that that story might be made up a, a little bit too. Like they're they're embellishing a little bit because if the natives had these things, I tell you what, if I landed on some place after God knows how was it, four month voyage across yeah, four from Spain, months. four to six months, yeah, yeah, running out of limes and having to you know deal with scurvy and other kinds of stuff and having slaves stacked up like cordwood on the second deck, you know, imagine that smell. Oof. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like the slave thing. One of these days we're gonna we're gonna talk about how slavery is fake and gay because it absolutely is. Especially the yes. narrative. The narrative how they stacked them like cordwood and did a six month journey across the sea with them. No. That picture of them stacked in the like packed into the yeah. bottom of the vessel like sardines and they're doing that for three months. Like what are they just shitting and pissing there and do they pour water into their mouths and how do they go to the bathroom and how do you keep them alive and yeah it, it's just. Right. Right. Stupid. So right. I have a question just regarding this then. Does that mean the pirates were actually awesome because they were really just burning ships trying to get rid of the freaking smell on their high seas? They were like, oh, we can. Sw- <laughs> it's a slave ship. How do you know? <laughs> I can smell it. I could see. Th- yeah. I could see the stench. They can see the smedge just hanging there in the air. <laughs> just burn it all. Just get rid of it. Oh, oh my God. That's so disgusting. But anyways, after a six-month voyage, right, and all, dealing with all the motion sickness and the storms and the sea monsters and being scared of falling off the edge or whatever it was that they were thinking about back then, and you get to this beautiful, untouched, I mean, just amazingly beautiful, gorgeous rainforest, right? And you, you land and you, you, know, you praise God or whatever you do because you're Sephardic. I don't remember what they do. But uh, you, get, you get down, you start to make a fire, and all of a sudden you hear like thousands of these things in the trees just off the beach. I mean, you don't think they would have noped the fuck out and got back in the ship and said, nah, we'll go, let's go north. You know? I mean, have you ever heard the howler monkeys that live in those jungles? Right, right. Dude. Uh-huh. Just, based on, just based on having one of these, I don't believe that story anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Let alone thousands of them in the jungle. Like, get the fuck out of here. Yes, bunch but, of naked Aztecs with uh, with cut schlongs that run running after you with the blessings of their demon gods. The second sentence was completely extraneous, but I get the point. 
Well, they would. That's how they would. Uh, they would bring. They would talk to their gods and bring the uh, blessings upon themselves. Okay. They cut uh, themselves, right. they bleed to... on paper into a bunch of in a fire, and talk to them through the smoke. Yeah, and they used to pull a thorned branch through their wiener or through their tongue to achieve a hallucinogenic, uh, hallucinogenic state. Yeah, pain after a while sends you into a trance. Somewhere, somewhere, somehow, Joe Rogan is heavy breathing <laughs> hearing this. <laughs> so is Gavin. <laughs> yes, but for completely different reasons. <laughs> Could you imagine oh. if Gavin... Has, has Gavin ever gone on Joe Rogan? I don't know, yeah. maybe. Uh, yeah. A long time ago, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there we maybe go. like 2015. Yeah, there we go. Gavin That's and my, Milo should go. Yeah, that makes Gavin an op. I mean, he is anyways, but... Well, yeah. Well, who's going on Rogan recently? Uh, Dr. Malone. Robert Malone. Went on Rogan. Dr. Yeah. Malone. Dr. Malone. Not an op whatsoever. No, no, you guys. He's totally our guy who's totally helping us by totally diming himself out, Mr. Inventor of the mRNA technology in general. Man. And, and He's releasing sure documents on Telegram. For well, you know, you do psychosis formation or whatever. Yeah, yeah, as we used but to you call can't it. Google, you can't Google it. No, you know what it was called before was just mass hysteria. It's like yeah, and then everybody adopts the word like it's some new thing, and they're so edgy and being able to say this thing mass formation or mass psychosis formation. It's like yeah, it's just exactly what we've been witnessing for the last like two years. Those are good like Def Leppard albums. It's one of those new medical terms that you don't understand. When we're trying to be extremely specific about a certain medical terminology, that's why meme words aren't cool. Like pants? <laughs> or, like, look, dude, just because you don't get it doesn't make it wrong. Oh, it's you. just bants, Johnny. Well, yeah, it's just bants. It's not insults. No, it's a, no, it's an insult when you do it to somebody you don't like. When you do it to somebody you like, it's just bans. Oh, yeah, even if though it sounds like a fucking insult. Even though, well, even though, yes, even though if you played it for somebody else, you wouldn't know the difference, right? Right. right. So it's, it's really it's just complex, an insult. Man. Yeah, it's not. Right. It's 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 just. Oh, well, you know what? Hey, remember, dude, we have to do we have to change the meme because, like, you know, the monoxide effect is Johnny is always right. I was wrong about something. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> oh, right. man. If I could give you a hug right now, buddy. Oh, no, it was. No, no, dude, I'm not. I don't want to hug. I'm laughing. It was the we'll, we'll talk about it later, but it, I just it just came to me just now about the thing I was wrong about. No, I don't care. No, whatever, dude. Um, no mea culpa required. No, no, absolutely no I mea mean, culpa required. I mean, as I've said about certain things, I could only be disappointed if my expectation levels were a certain at a certain stage. Right. You know this, what I mean? Right. This is why people ask me all the time. It's like it's like dealing with niggers at work, you know? It's like, Johnny, why do you get along with them so well? I was like, well, because I don't set any expectations for them. And, like, you know, when they do something cool, I'm like, all right. When they don't, I'm like, oh, that's what they're, you know, I'm, I'm, doesn't bother <laughs> at me. Least those, at least those niggers actually work. Right. Well, well <laughs> go to a job. Let's, let's, let's be honest. Go to a job. Well, let's say you know what it's like to break a sweat, you know, working for, for a dollar, you know? True. <laughs> Maybe no, a dollar, but hey, they're gonna earn it. This is the truth. This is the truth. This is the truth. However, however, yeah, but yeah, going to a job and actually working at the job are two different things. Um, especially on this kind of a project, I've never seen through the last. Okay, so the last thing I did was government related, and did I tell you? Did I already tell this joke? 
about how I take back everything I said about Donald Rumsfeld and the $2.3 trillion he said he lost before 9-11. Because I've been on a legitimate government energy project, and I'm... There's a there's there's a definite possibility they just they just lost there's, all that money by accident wasting it on redoing things 437 times. There's a very real possibility some Filipino in an admin office somewhere didn't carry a number and there's all of a sudden, that? oops, 2.3 trillion dollars no, gone. No, 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 no. The amount of times that we would have to redo something, like an entire something, like eight days, nine days worth of labor. And redo it again, take it out, which is like two days, and then another nine, ten days to put it back in a different way. Like I'm talking doing that like five, six, seven, eight, nine times. Ugh. Repeatedly. And not just on one thing, but like everything. And then the inspection process takes weeks and 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 it could take a month to inspect one set of uh of gear or something. It's ridiculous the amount of money that the government just literally throws away. It's just like completely wasted money. I've never seen anything like it in my life. So the government could have lost. They, they, well, that's what they did. Okay. They threw it away and they didn't want to admit that they had to do something, you know, like 400 times. So they just, they said they lost it would be a better excuse. We just don't know where it went. Sounds better than um, we spent it on redoing the same light switch 436 times. Did all that money go into funding Chinese research into MERS? No, none of it actually did. None of it did. A lot of it went into paying uh, way too many laborers to sweep on a repeat. Uh, like, okay. like, I'm talking like 12 people sweeping the same floor all day long. Sweeper, sweepers, man, your brooms. No, not sweeper, sweepers. I'm talking like laborers that work 10 hours a day and get paid like 25 bucks an hour. Right. Yeah. But like for 10 hours a day, sweeping the same floor. I've never seen such empty trash in my life. It's amazing. Job I'm on now is completely different, but government jobs, incredibly wasteful. I can see how the, uh, how the deficit is so high. I take back everything I ever said about financial stuff. <laughs> economics. Economics. Yeah, that's, that's your economics section. for. That's for it. Yeah, weekend. that's your economics section. I don't believe they're going to raise the debt ceiling. Yeah, right? And then I see how much money they waste on like just throwing tools away. Oh, you're, you're, dude, the deficit. The deficit. Right. Well, I mean, dude, when I was in the Navy, I witnessed shops on a ship, like the the hull technicians and the, um, what were they, the plumber guys? I forgot what they were called. What the, the Those were hull techs and somebody else. Anyways, just dumping a whole workshop's worth of fucking tools and the top and bottom, like red craftsmen rolling uh, tool chests, just roll them off the side into the fucking Pacific Ocean because... <laughs> If we don't throw them away, we don't get the money to get the new ones when we get back into port. Yep. Yeah. Yep. And then they get, they look at you. They go, "Oh, whatever. We're just creating artificial reefs." <laughs> <laughs> and you know, a little bit of me was like the the, the fag, like you know, uh, hippie that used to go to fish concerts was like, "No, man, that's not cool, man." And now the me that knows like the Earth is a hollowed out like mine is like, "Meh." <laughs> throw your car batteries in the ocean. <laughs> safe and legal right it is safe and legal and they want to go true. back there because they're made of salt water anyways they want to go back to where they're from it's true yeah see if PETA were actually real they would be doing it right right but instead um yeah PETA's not what does PETA have to do with car batteries 
uh, returning them to their rightful habitats and recharging ah, okay, the yes. electric eels. All right. Yes. You're talking about the uh, the one that does the they stop people from hunting whales. Oh, that's Greenpeace. That's Greenpeace. Yeah, Greenpeace. Yeah. You'd think they would be more about throwing the car batteries into the ocean, you know? I mean, but no. There's many such cases. All right. We know this. Yeah, we do. There's not enough people throwing their car batteries into the ocean, is all I'm saying. I thought we were about to start talking about China throwing car batteries into the ocean, but then, you know, we're not, we don't have to do the xenophilia stuff that other. Shows to yeah, do. who cares about China? China, China is asshole. China is asshole. <laughs> that was one of my favorite. Donald Trump, no trust China. China is asshole. <laughs> I watched the first time I saw that. I watched it like thirty times. Oh, easily, easily. I sat at the kitchen table and just sipped my coffee and laughed for like an hour. <laughs> You're just jealous because they get to do the kind of fascism you wish you could do in this country. I mean. The kind of fascism where uh, 98% of the people live in abject poverty and are actually afraid for their lives, um, and the other 2% live in abject wealth. Or the kind of fascism where people join the Navy, the the People's Republic Navy, just so that they can jump off the freaking boat. Right. <laughs> yeah. They, they have, I was just going to say, they, put, they have to put the suicide nets at the bottom of all the factories so people don't kill themselves because they found a high enough... Uh, height to jump off of right and they have, to, they have to make their work contracts so that so that uh if they kill themselves one of their immediate family fulfills their spot yeah yeah this is literally indentured servitude literally, yeah literally like yeah generational indentured servitude and this is the government that gets awards from the un on a regular basis that george bush helped set up Senior, a long time ago back when he was the un ambassador to china back when mao and his jewish buddies were setting up uh, the communist regime, you know, but don't worry. No Jews have ever been in China. They also have the best, uh, COVID quarantine suits. Mm-hmm. Oh dude, those things are, those things are classic. Like, I mean, they're they are straight awesome. out of a Tom Clancy video game. They're great. <laughs> it's like a cross between a Tom Clancy video game and a Godzilla movie. I like the one, the little kids wear when they go to their quarantine camps. All right. Oh, that's just pulled straight out of like anime. (laughs) (laughs) They're all getting on the school bus in their little um, Among Us suits and they're going to the quarantine camp because they tested yellow or something. (laughs) Right. That's hilarious. I mean, they're going to test yellow every time, right? (laughs) (laughs) Got him. Yes. That was good. No. But, But guys, guys, the Jews in China. And Disney. And Disney. Well, hold on. The Jews in China and Disney, there is a... No, there's, that's in Japan. There's not a Disney China yet. There's Beijing. Shanghai. There's Disney Shanghai. Beijing, Shanghai. That's right. There's Disney Shanghai. Yes, there is. Yeah. And Hong Kong? Is there Hong Kong too? Uh, Hong Kong Disney actually does sound correct. I used to know back when I was super bug man. Hang on. Hold on. I'm being told it is Disney Hong Kong as well. Thank you. Okay. Disney Hong Kong is the thing. Well, it sounds like she's getting tickets. Yes, Hong Kong Disneyland, there's Shanghai, yep. obviously there's Japan. I remember years and years ago lamenting that those three got like all the best uh, technology for their rides because they always get the best, like, um, what's the word, holographic stuff, like the mm-hmm. Project Bluebeam tier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all their simulations are like legit. Oh, like that one at the tower? Right. Well, the one in Japan, dude, the one in Japan has the uh, totally not a Tartarian building and totally built by white engineers building. 
you know. I gotta go there sometimes. I've, I've literally never been in 20 years here. Yeah. But that. Let's go. I've seen the castle from the train, but that's it. That's not a castle, man. That was just built by the Disney Corporation. <laughs> yeah. Disney just builds stuff like that everywhere they everywhere they have places. They build a castle. Look, man, it's a know? it's about the magic. Okay, mm-hmm. it's about the magic of fairy tales. And They're just trying to bring it to the world, right? Sense of childlike wonder. Yeah. And progress. They, they change. Uh, they changed it from. Um, they call it Imagineering now. They they combine engineering and imagination. Ah, uh, that's one of the worst smush words I've heard in a long time. They've called it that for decades. a very long time. But that's what they call their employees, Imagineers. Oh God, and cast members because it's all a show. Right, right. <clears throat> oh yes, employees are cast members. I'm sorry, they're not actually. Right. Everything's a show. None of it is real. You think about like if you worked at a place called the happiest place on earth, would you really be very happy working there? Probably not. You'd actually be surprised. I've spoken to people that work there, and unless they are on a heavy dose of SSRIs or they're completely acting, they are most of them are very happy to work there. Yes, you you work as a bug man. That is your dream. Is to work at the Disney parks. There was doesn't matter if you're in the kitchen or not. Yeah, there was a waitress. Uh, we were sitting outside at, a, at a, the, one, the last time I went, and uh, one of the parades was going by, and one of the waitresses stopped, like just stopped working and turned and watched, and like a little kid was just like staring with the huge eyes and the mouth agape, like <gasps> you know what I mean. And then, and after I was like, so you really, I was like, you really like working here, huh? And she's like, I love working at this particular spot because I get to see this parade every day, this many times. I mean, yeah, they really love working there, dude. They're brainwashed completely. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Liking parades is weird. Liking parades also, is weird, but <laughs> is. also those parades. <laughs> I never thought about it before, but it's really weird. Well, liking also, parades? those parades, I have it on good authority from people that I work with. They are filled to the brim. Like basically all those parade guys and girls, they all have orgies. Essentially. Ew. They are all degenerate swinger. Oh uh, yeah. Faggots. Yeah, Deb, absolutely. Yes. I've heard this many times. The people that work there are some of the worst. It's like, it's it's like a combination of the NSA and the CIA. Oh wait, it might be. Uh, so it's like the Disney version of a gay pride parade. It's the same picture. But they literally have those. But it's it's yeah. the same picture. It's the same picture. HR wants you to tell the difference between these two pictures. <laughs> God. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, but that's what the gay pride parade, Disney parade, there's really there's really no difference anymore. They have a whole gay. They have like a whole gay thing. They really, you know, like Disney does. Yeah, well, for you know. so they 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 have tubes that are set up all over the park that pump out smells and stuff like that. I wouldn't be surprised if they're, uh, you know, pumping out pheromones and HRT and like things that you touch like make you gayer. Like the receipts have like ten times the extra BPAs. amounts. Well, you don't have to. There's no receipts anymore because everything's biometric. We are skipping way ahead. By the way, guys, welcome to the episode. We're going to talk about Disney. Yeah, if you haven't noticed so far. <laughs> well, we, we were shitposting, and we went right past the 33-minute mark. What's our, what's our shitposting? It's supposed to 38. Be 38. 38. Okay. okay, we still have a minute and 40 seconds. So we're okay, so here's the thing. Literally every 
they could be pumping HRT through because just about every single male that is there looks like a soy jack. All mm-hmm. the soy jack memes, all the soy jack just uh, mouth agape faces. That is every single male that is there, except for the ones that are trannies. There are trans women, dude. We went. I don't remember how long ago it was, but open like ugly trannies were not like a major thing everywhere yet. But at Disney they were, and there was this one that was like six foot five, and was a a girl named like Brittany. Yeah, that's gross. Yeah, really disgusting. Hi, Brittany. Yeah, and it was it was doing the whole. It hadn't. Well, I guess the uh, the surgery. Remember, we did that. We played that audio of that one tranny that went from a dude's voice to a chick's voice in like three treatments. Uh, this this person had not discovered that yet because it was still like, "Hi, my name's Brittany," and like that really whispery tranny voice is really gross. I was explaining tranny to somebody. Emphysema. Yeah, I was explaining to somebody the uh, the voice change stuff, and they didn't. They didn't want to believe it. Did you show them like, that video? Yeah. And it, it, you know, it's very clear from beginning to end. Mm-hmm. It's extremely clear. Yeah. That at the end of that thing, if that person called you, you would not know. That person called you on the phone, you would not know at all. It's kind of like when you're talking to an Indian tech support guy and they try and say their name is Steve. Oh, that's, nah, yeah. No, I'm not. like, that's not, you're not getting me today, Raj. Yeah. Yeah. I know better than that. God, I, I, I know your name is Matthew. You're right. No, my name, name is Stephen Papadopoulos. Right. Yeah, not Indian only is your name not only your name not Stephen, you're not Greek. You know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, go with Nico next time. So Disney, man, what are we gonna do with Disney? Are we gonna we gonna we did a Disney episode back in season one? I want to say, a long time ago. We've talked about Disney on the show many times uh, about um, about how the Jews have taken over Disney and, you know, the Jews are the reason why Disney is terrible now. And once the Jews took over, it's Bob Iger stepped down. Who's in charge of Disney now? I can't remember. Um, let me look. Disney. Uh, it's some Tim Cook looking guy. Yeah. I don't remember who it was. Uh, but Bob Chappick. Bob Chappick. Okay. Oh, Bob Iger was the, the Tim Cook looking guy. Right. Yeah. And then before Bob, Bob Iger. Is, oh, it was Michael Eisner. Michael before, Eisner. Before Michael yep. Eisner, it was. Who was before Michael Eisner? I, I should know all this stuff. I uh, just posted the current CEO okay. in Skype. Ugh, that profile. Oh, my God. That's terrible. That guy's. Yeah, he's a terrible looking member of that tribe um it was roy so i believe it was roy disney before michael eisner. Uh, michael eisner he sold it to my, right 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 so it was one but that's the whole thing is this once michael eisner took over you see that's when disney went in the shitter that's when disney started being bad yeah because he why, was totally anti-semitic before then he was totally our guy he was our guy anti-semitic and all he wrote was wholesome beautiful wholesome goodness Movies, yeah. you know, he did not employ, he did not, he was anti-Semitic because he would not employ Jewish animators, you know, he was definitely he was our okay guy. with the Sherman brothers though. And, uh, stop. Yeah. Wait, I'm not done. I'm not done praising right. the man yet. Okay. Sorry. And, and under duress, 
by force. He went unwillingly, source me, to the United States government to make propaganda for the war machine that was World War II, and he did it because they made him. Dude, they twisted his arm and threatened to shave off his mustache. They threatened to cut him down from 70 cigarettes a day to 20. They were going to put him on a roller coaster that ran him straight into an oven if he didn't do it. So anyways, let's talk about this. Let's talk about the man. Probably the greatest man in the history of America, I would say, to a lot of people. Right? Walt Disney. Abraham Lincoln? (laughs) Damn it. (laughs) No, Walter Elias Disney, man. Born December 5th, 1901. Um, he was basically, he pioneered, you know, with him and the Warner brothers pioneered, um, American animation industry. So yeah, Walt Disney, man, we're going to talk about Walt Disney and, um, some other stuff with that has to do with Disney. He has, he has the record. Did you guys know this? He has the record for the most Academy Awards earned by an individual. Yeah. 22 Oscars, dude. 's been awarded a lot in his life mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and awarded a lot by the you know by the Academy of Arts by the Golden the Golden Golden Globe people the Emmys he, you know he's uh dude he's got he's got his films are right up there in the National Film Registry uh the Library of Congress he is an American icon I mean when you think of America you 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 eventually get to Disney. You know, you go America, um, you know, as apple pie, baseball, Disney, right? And what is it now? It's like fucking fat people, tacos, Disney. Right? We went from Song of the South to Frozen. Um, I've got I've got Song of the South on vinyl. It was expensive. My wife still has the VHS from when she was a kid, actually. I'm very angry that they're turning that they're turning Song of the South into um the Princess and the Frog ride oh i thought you were about to say they were going to remake it and i'm no. like what with white people no no they're not going to remake it that, that's never coming back that's that's done like how could you how could you make it any more black <laughs> you <laughs> could doing princess and the frog i mean you, like, yeah right like by there aren't the any redheads the in there to, to replace with some weird mulatto tranny so no they <laughs> could make it blacker by making it like ghetto oh okay you know, as opposed to, you know, um, I do declare, bro, bear. You know, it's those... a new it's a new song of the South, but uh, it's the Sacklers driving through with an ice cream truck full of Oxycontin through through, you know, some holler. Right. Drive it right. <laughs> Don't forget. Right next to the Dollar General. <laughs> the Dollar Twenty Five General. It's the Dollar Twenty Five. It's going to have to be the Dollar Twenty Five General soon. You have to change their name. Anyways, Walt Disney, okay? Walt Disney was born uh, to, oh man, where's his parents' names? Dude, did you ever see the picture of his mom and the pictures of his mom and dad? Yeah. His mom, um, his mom looks like a man. Yeah, she Flora, <clears throat> Flora Disney and Elias. Yeah. Yeah, she, was, uh, she looks like, um, what was like the, the Roosevelt, the... Uh, the Roosevelt wasn't the wife, but it was the daughter. 
Lady Bird. Oh no, that was Johnson. One, one of those. Oh, all the first ladies are all men. Oh yeah, yeah. Lady, Lady oh, Bird. Which, which, by the way, interesting thing here. Uh, Flora Disney, Walt Walt Disney's mother, was best friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. Interesting. Best friends. I'm doing air quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah there's they so were many tennis things. partners. Well, don't forget. <laughs> yeah, for yeah, you guys I, who get uh, triggered by guys, the hang on. stuff, go look, go look at a picture of her and then get back to us. Right. Not just that, but by the way, uh, yeah, she was best friends with Eleanor Roosevelt, and yet Walt Disney's father was like a part-time farmer, occasional dentist, uh, had a hardware shop for like a week. Like the guy couldn't keep a job, was like the oddest businessman ever, and yet somehow his wife was best friends with Eleanor Roosevelt. Yep, and he was incredibly abusive as well. Oh, would take the Disney kids, Roy and Walt, out to the woodshed daily for their beatings. Like, you know, that was not a, a joke. They they got their, they get off school, get home, get a beating, and go straight to bed. <laughs> like, well, they go they go deliver all these newspapers. Well, that was in the morning. And then, at, and like then go to bed. Yeah. Oh, they do the newspapers at night? Okay. Yeah, the night edition. Ah, that's right. The evening edition after the beatings, they probably were beaten to sleep. And we're probably. probably beaten awake in the morning. Beaten awake, go uh, drop off the morning edition, go to school, come home, get beaten, drop off yep. the evening edition, get, get beaten, beaten, eat dinner, go to bed. Beaten all the <laughs> way through. Day. There's a Monty Python sketch like that. Oh, you only got beaten at nighttime? You were lucky? Like, <laughs> <laughs> we used to have to sleep in a hole. But, oh, dude, was, I don't remember. It was so fucking hilarious. Every, every single one just kept getting worse and worse and worse and worse. <laughs> Have to get oh, up a half hour for your daily me. beating. Yeah. <laughs> yes, Daddy. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh my God. Those honey memes. How many gotta, time for? We gotta get that. We gotta get that. Yes, Daddy is a drop. No. <laughs> no. No. We don't. We don't. <laughs> no, we don't. Back to Disney. So yes, abusive father. Mother was best friends with Eleanor D. Roosevelt. Delano. Delano. Um, D stands for something else, <laughs> right? With well, obviously, I. You know what? Real quick, uh, before I forget about this, the all first ladies are men, with the exception of Hillary. Yeah, I think Hillary's like a legit female witch. I think she's like one of the. Yeah, yeah they do need female actual females in there. You do need the the masculine and the feminine, uh, along with the androgyne. Yeah. But what if Bill Clinton is? Well, no, I I think he's he's a man. Well, based on Larry Nichols, you know, interview that we did a couple years ago, uh, he is a dude and has a he unlike Adolf Hitler has a very deformed penis. That I could see. Yeah, that was part of the interview I was not expecting. I mean, like. <laughs> Well, we were we were definitely going to be talking about you know Bill Clinton's sex sexual escapades and the fact that he liked fat ugly black chicks. It was, and when he was in Arkansas, that was like his thing. No, dude, that, that Larry Nichols is like that was his thing. And well, he he liked the whole cast of fours and fives. Yeah, yeah. Bill Clinton. Well, the thing is, is he was definitely uh, quantity over quality, for sure. So, are you saying Bill Clinton leans slightly to the ninety-seven degrees instead of you know slightly to the left? Is it what? that kind of deform? Oh wow, bro! Uh, I, yeah, like I guess not. I I didn't prep for this part. Of I the didn't episode. either. I didn't either. But like I, I thought we were just. I was just gonna make that comment and keep going. But Reinhardt brought it <laughs> back. So 
No, you're just going to have to go back and listen to the Larry Nichols interview for that. And uh, all right, yeah, um, dude, I, the guy was on the guy was on oxygen, and I swear to God, he was like halfway hypoxic through the second hour. <laughs> <laughs> like I, he started talking about that stuff, and I'm like, what the what the fuck is he talking about? Why are we talking about mention- Bill Clinton's? Why are we talking about Bill Clinton's dick? We want to talk about how many people they killed and the cocaine, <laughs> like you know. <laughs> well, well, while we're on like Bill Clinton, this is actually a perfect kind of segue. Um, his youth back in Arkansas, he was perfectly groomed. Actually, he was a member of Skull and Bones, and he was, according to Springmeyer and others, was placed with Hillary Clinton. Um, they were kind of paired up, having the male and female together but he started from a young age the group called the order of demolay yes the order of demolay which um funnily enough our friend here walt disney was a member of the founding chapter of the order of demolay which was named for jacques demolay the last um the last official known leader of the knights templar yeah, in 1920 he joined. Uh, he was 19 years old, and this uh, this Demolay Society, and they admit this. This is all. This is not conspiracy. Anything. This is a literal grooming farm for the adult Freemason uh, mystery school. Well, for the Scottish yeah. Rite as well. It's, this isn't. This isn't for your regular Blue Lodge grooming. Right. Yeah. This is specifically Scottish Rite, and you have to have a uh, a Scottish Rite. Adult Mason, I don't know if they have to be 30, 33rd degree or not, but you have to have one that is uh, in charge, basically, of the chapter. Yeah, he's like the scout leader. Yeah, basically. These are the Boy and Scouts. These are, yeah. yeah, well, yeah. And if, the if, ages if the, of the group was from 12 to 21. So, I mean, in, in case that wasn't clear, it's, it's for kids mm-hmm. to be grouped into further later adults who will be initiated into the mysteries. Right. And these are all, you know, Bill Clinton... Walt Disney. I mean, are there? There have to be other very famous Demolay members. We know oh, there, there are. Wasn't yeah. um. Oh, what's the? Was Cosby Demolay? Bill Cosby. It was the Mickey Mouse Club before the Mickey Mouse Club existed. Right, and then it, yeah, and he invented the Mickey Mouse Club later on. It was he invented Bill? multiple clubs. <laughs> oh man, don't 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 start. We'll we'll get to that here soon, but. Um, yeah, a few famous Demolay Society members. Oh, oh funny enough, we're, this connects to later. Neil Armstrong. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. <laughs> of course. Of course. We're, we're going to a whole new world. Fantastic. Walter Cronkite. Yep, Walt Disney. Oh, Walter funny. Cronkite? Walter Cronkite. <laughs> the most trusted newsman in all of America? No. No, Dogbot. In all of ever. And all of ever, ever, also you know, Burl Ives. Burl Ives. Conservatives used to say when Walter Cronkite, when Walter Cronkite didn't like the Vietnam War anymore, America didn't want to go be in Vietnam anymore. Jesus Christ, dude! Whatever Walter Cronkite said was law because he ended every show with "That's the way it is," and that's the oh. way it was. That's it. Walter Cronkite said, "That's the way it is." That's the way it is. Also, John Wayne, the Duke himself. Marion Davis? What, what the <laughs> fuck's his last name? Did I say it right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, man. People get really mad. People get really mad when you remind him that his name was Marion. 
But I wouldn't you some, change it? I saw some photos on Twitter of him walking with a strange Q angle that I'm sure people would get very, very angry about as oh, well. Oh, yeah, I know. I've done that already. I've already looked, and I'm like, that's very suspect. <laughs> what about Burt Reynolds? Burt Reynolds, all of them. Mm, when we Tom say Selleck. all of them, we do really mean all of them at the A level. And if you get, I mean, if you you start questioning it and you look at him walking like that, try walking like that. If yeah, you I have it's, every it's time impossible. I think about every time I think about, dude, why the fuck is Leonardo DiCaprio walking like that? And I try doing it and I crush my nuts. Yeah. Yeah. It's impossible. It's impossible to do without smushing your boys. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Very strange. Um, at, at the minimum, it's a very strange way to walk. It, it really is. And like. Almost John Cleese Ministry of Silly Walks funny. (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. That's that's literally my absolute favorite (laughs) bit of British television programming ever is is Monty Python Flying Circus. The Minister of Funny Walks. Ministry of Silly Walks. Of Silly Walks. Silly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I couldn't. I couldn't even recall five Monty Python sketches the other day. Oh man! And I, I watched it like a dozen times when I was younger. Oh Woody man! Words. I would watch it daily when it came on. Was, was it on MTV? I think for a while in the nineties. I they used to air it on PBS. Really? When I was a kid. Yeah. yeah. I watched it, but then I, then I got them all on uh, on DVD when they came out. When they finally came out on DVD, that was one of the first series of DVDs that I ever bought. It was Monty Python. I I am, but whatever. I used to be able to quote the entirety of like the life of Brian, the Holy Grail, and the meaning of life. I can definitely quote the Holy Grail. I can't say anything there. Yeah. I'm not quite dead yet. <laughs> be quiet. You'd be stone dead in a moment. Yeah, anyways. That's cool. Oh, I'm happy. Well, can't you do something? All right. Uh, oh, I say that anyway. actually, dude, there's so many lines from those movies that I use that like in my regular life it, that people just assume are just me, but they're stolen from a an 80s British movie. <laughs> <laughs> the way it should be. Absolutely. That's right. All right. Let's get back to Walt Disney. So the Demolay Society. Now, I'm wondering how many of the guys in Monty Python were in Demolay or was that just an American thing? It's probably uh, there, there are definitely Brits that are either in it or um, <clears throat> there is a British version, but there are a lot. I'm looking through some famous ones here. Fred McMurray, famous actor, uh, lots of Republican Fred McMurray was uh, Fred McMurray was my three sons, right? Yeah, I think so. It was he like was one, one of those original. He was like dads. He was yeah, the, he was yeah one of the original sitcom dads in America. One of America's first dads on TV. Uh, Danny White from the Cowboys. Okay. Larry D. Wilcox, James Wright, uh, who was the 1976 majority leader. John Cameron Swayze. John Steinbeck. John Steinbeck, really? Nope. Pete Rose. Of course. Makes sense. General John B. McConnell. They're really. Fred McMurray. Richard King, Henry Scoop Jackson. No idea. Earl Ives. That that's still I'm I'm like what? 
Oh, and apparently his family comes from, yep, Freemasons on one side, Order the Eastern Star on the other. Nice. For lives? Yeah. Of course. So, Disney's Anyways, in, Disney's in yeah. some interesting company there. Yeah, from the time he was 19. He was mm-hmm. born in 1901, he joined in 1920. Right. Um, and Later he, on, uh, only a few years later, he was actually awarded their highest honor. It was like their, their Legion of Honor or whatever, um, which yeah, is akin say that. to a 33rd degree for them. award. Yeah, he was like awarded their highest degree and then and then and then of course, you know, that was his end of his career with the Masons. He never did anything else. You know? No, he got out. Yeah, he got out. He got out. Once you get that right there, you're done. It's like you got Eagle Scout, dude. You don't have to do anything else. No. Walt Disney, man, everything Walt Disney does has Masonic imagery and symbolism. I mean, everything. Literally everything. Uh after he got out of there, he started doing. Um, he started doing like like cartoons, comics, right in Kansas City. Yeah, he started the uh, was it the Laughagram, uh, Laughagram Studio out of Missouri, and um, basically during this time, before like he created Mickey Mouse and uh, the Disney Company, is his uh, poverty and like rags to riches story essentially. Um, he had no money to his name. His comics were being stolen. His cartoons that he made were either being rejected or stolen by uh, by more popular animators. And finally, yeah, he created Mickey Mouse. I think at the end of the 20s, I think it was 1928, 1929. Yeah, see, the thing is, is if you're... I can't believe this story. You know, the, the hard luck... You know, story about him having all of his stuff stolen and that's, you know, his intellectual property there, Goy. No, but uh, I, don't, I don't believe that after being basically a 33rd degree Demolay Mason. <laughs> like, well, here, yeah, like, here's the thing. Like, Bill Clinton, I, I had this pulled up on the Demolay Society website. Uh, can I read this? Just a couple sentences from Bill Clinton on yeah. his time in the sure. Demolay? Sure. Yeah, it says for 69 years, 69, wow, nice. Uh, the Order of Demolay has prepared young men to become better citizens and leaders of our country. My Demolay experience gave me the confidence to develop my skills as a speaker, team member, and leader, and then to realize and accomplish my dreams. I'll always be thankful for the guidance given to me by my friends in Demolay. Always holds a special place in my heart. So yeah, they don't just leave their men out on doorstep when they come back from being late. To the First World War, he arrived after the um, the armistice was signed. Well, he was too yeah, young. He was streets. too young. You just, you just mentioned that all, all you just mentioned all these people that are in the Demolay Society, and that's just the introduction into the Masonic Order, the elite kind of group that runs everything. Do you mm-hmm. think they're going to really let their people get robbed from or abused or whatever? I mean, they're like the mafia, basically, except right. Well, right. yeah, they actually have the mafia that work for them. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And don't forget, you know, you guys, uh, he was, he didn't get, well, he didn't get into World War One. He wanted to join, but he was too young. He was like 16. And so instead of actually fighting in World War One, he was an ambulance driver for the Red Cross. So. Yes, that same Red Cross. Yeah, same Red Cross. That's a very, was it John, was it John Kerry? That was like a Vietnam, like. Do not didn't really have like a real job in Vietnam. Uh, I believe so. It was like something really safe, like photographer. 
I don't remember. But yeah, he, he I think he uh was in a red cross truck, buddy. Who, John Kerry? Oh, I thought we were talking about Walt Disney. No, 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 no. I said he had something similar. Like he was no, you know, Walt Disney was driving a red cross thing. No, John Kerry John Kerry was on a swift boat and oh, okay. he almost got his buddies killed, so they came up with a reason uh to get him off the boat. Oh, they, okay, they never said mind. that he got injured in battle uh, just to get him off the boat because they were afraid he was going to get them killed. That's why yeah, kind of like his buddy John McCain did. <laughs> well, yeah, John McCain just got elected. Yeah, John McCain just like he got he got grabbed by the Viet Cong and just started telling everything. That's right, it. right. But John Kerry was really shitty at his job at being a spotter on the swift boat. And he almost got them killed several times, and they all worked together to get him thrown off the swift boat. He must have always been on his phone or something. Right, and the, like, the election was neck and neck, except the swift boat operators came back and they did the interviews. And that was the little push that George Bush needed to get elected for... Wait, John Kerry was the second one, right? Four, yeah, more, John, years, four more years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah John, John Kerry and, of course... Yeah, you know, W were both in Skull and Bones. So. Yeah, remember those fake, yep. stupid interviews? Yeah, it was so just flip, it was flip a coin. And then, and then there was that guy, the Don't Taste Me Bro guy, that tried to ask John Kerry about his relationship with Skull and Bones, and then they ran over and started tasing him to, and pulled him out. <laughs> that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Who did George Bush run against the first time? Gore. Did- Gore, that's right. Yeah, Gore. Al Gore. That's right. Yeah. Al Gore. Allegory. That's right. That's when that's when that um ads. Well, he lost because of climate change. Everybody knows this. Right. But then he won because of the Supreme Court and hanging chads. Ah, <laughs> oh, yes. Hanging yeah. chads. Dude, I was I was watching the I remember where I was watching that fake election fiasco uh neck and neck thing. I was at my Mexican food restaurant and everybody was watching it on TV. You know, they talked about hanging chads a lot, but nobody was talking about dangling virgins. No, they do. Nobody wants to hear about dangling virgins. I mean, anyway, um, man, imagine thinking politics is real at all. Yeah, yeah. Like at this point, at this point, like can't, just can't, can't do it, can't do it. I mean, getting behind Trump, getting behind. DeSantis getting behind any any of them? Yeah, people? yeah. Three years ago today, I think is when Trump had all those college players over with all the McDonald's. Oh yeah, so, I remember that. So three yeah. years ago today would have been a really bad day to get behind Trump. <laughs> and on that note, we are going to take the first break of season seven. <laughs> uh, and I'm not letting Dogbot pick the music, so we'll be back. Ah.
All right, everybody, we are back. This is episode one of season seven of the Paranormies. I'm still Johnny Monoxide with Skull, Reinhardt, Dogbot. We're talking about everybody's favorite Imagineer, Walt Disney. Everybody's favorite wizard. He's a wizard, right? I'd call him something of a wizard. I mean, I mean, he 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 saw himself as a wizard. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he did. He pretty sure he th- he thought he was a wizard. Um, well, those guys who run the things they call themselves wizards and stuff. You got Bill Gates saying that Steve Jobs was a greater warlock or wizard than he ever was, and these guys are all in the same club. Disney would have been the primary guy to call himself a wizard being that he created all of this magic and the magic kingdom and Mm -hmm. the happiest place on earth and all of the magic uh that's in every single movie from the very first movie that they ever put out well and yeah he's the wizard of fantasy yeah he's the wizard of fantasy and entertainment through Mm -hmm. the greatest destructive scrying screen that has ever existed The the king of the magic kingdom yep 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 why he said, why be a governor? Hold on, I have the quote right here. Uh, why be a governor or a congressman when you can... Hold on. Why be a governor or a senator when you can be a king at Disneyland? <laughs> to uh, quote one of our prep videos, <laughs> uh, the magic kingdom or God's kingdom? <laughs> right. I mean, he said things like, Disney said stuff like, I think of a child's mind as a blank book. During the first years of his life, much will be written on the pages. The quality of that writing will affect his life profoundly. And what is Disney targeted at? Kids. Always children. Mm-hmm. Our greatest national resource is the minds of our children. <laughs> that could be read two ways. Right. Minds of the blood. <laughs> right. Well, no, it's our greatest natural resource because, you know, it's, they're all so smart and their minds, there's, you know, that's the next generation, generation of minds to come up. Right. But also it's a natural resource. And what do you do with resources? You exploit them. Yes. Yes. So. Yeah, and anybody who's reading that with the polished image of Disney would think that he's saying, oh, well, we need to instill moral values and mm-hmm. good habits and well, all of these things into little kids but what they're actually doing is instilling their own form of religion into mm-hmm. it in this it, sorcery magic based well anti-god religion well yeah disney it's it is the world's largest company i'm pretty sure at this point disney's the largest company now that it's purchased 21st century fox and all of its affiliates and whatever uh this media entity is like the world's largest corporation and it's you know, basically predicated on wholesome and wholesomeness and goodness. Everything Disney does is like wrapped in, you know, like happy and, and good and whatever that stuff that says Disney on it anyways. And their entire business model is witchcraft. Like that's it. Everything Disney has done has been based on witchcraft. Even though, you know, Walt spent a very long time uh, curating and and creating this very sanitary, perfect, traditionalist mm. uh, Christian image of himself and his company. Yeah, he um, had, spent a lot of time. He had very strict dress codes for everybody there. Like the guys all had to wear ties. The women could only wear certain colored dresses. Um, men weren't allowed. It was it. He was the only person I think that was allowed to have facial hair. 
on his property. Yeah, nobody else was allowed to have even a mustache, even though he obviously had one. Right, he's famous for that mustache. Um, yeah, nobody was allowed to uh, drink at the studios, which I guess during that time, you know, was a uh, a movie studio in the what forties, fifties, sixties was a big deal. You know, sit down and have a glass of whiskey. Well, that's what they taught us in Mad Men, anyways. Right. Right. Uh, well, even though, again, except for him. Right. 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 Disney yeah, never never did anything, never, ever. You know, he didn't smoke, he didn't drink, he wasn't abusive, he wasn't into the occult, any of this stuff. He was just a nice man, you know? A very nice man. He had his own he had his own press guy who made sure of that. Yeah, Joe Reddy. Uh he was an Irishman, a chain smoking Irishman, uh, who I guess was a an alumnus of Notre Dame. Huh. Um yeah, very big supporter of their football team. Um, also, it's funny enough, he was a publicity agent for Shirley Temple mm. before uh, that. Mm, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, mm. Child but, stars. But that creature went through. No, Shirley Temple, uh, her parents pulled her, supposedly the, the parents pulled her from Hollywood before anybody actually got to her. And that was like why she disappeared from Hollywood. Yeah, maybe. That's like, yeah. the, that's like. I don't know. I don't, I've never really looked into Shirley Temple, but that's always the story I got because she only did a couple movies as a little kid. And that was it. And then, well, are you sure? Because late night on late night on cable, they used to have, they used to try to sell these box sets of Shirley. Temple oh yeah. Movies. Oh, I remember it seemed, that. It yeah, seems like there like was six more movies. than one. Only it like looks like movies. there's more than one. It, well, there yeah, there's, few. there was a few movies. There was only like five or six. But that's it. And there are a couple him. of guys dancing in blackface, and I was like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whoa. I remember that. Based. Well, then they had. I mean, the guys in blackface are probably Jewish. Probably. <laughs> Most likely. That's the only way they can get away with it, I think. Um, in uh, Little Orphan Annie, they actually had a black dude, right? Wasn't there a black guy? Or is that, did they make? No, they made Daddy Warbucks black in the new one. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It was Telly, Telly Savalas was the original Daddy Warbucks. I believe. That's, that's. Yeah. The new one was uh, Jamie Foxx. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. Really? Jamie Foxx? Yeah. They made like, Little Orphan Annie black too, dude. Yeah, they did. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think they had two. They had one where she was white and then there was Jamie Foxx and then they had an even newer one where she's black and the guy's black. Right, the new oh, I thought, one. I thought she was black and Jamie Foxx was in it, but maybe that's the new one. But there was one before where it was a white Annie and a black Daddy Warbucks. Yeah, I don't know. But the new one, they made it like they made Annie black and Daddy Warbucks black, and like no black person went to see it. Literally zero black people went to see it. Like black people didn't even know the movie came out. Well, it didn't have Tyler Perry in it, so. Do black people no, it, actually go to Tyler Perry movies, or is that a meme? Uh, it's really just black moms that are trying to be white so they can stay in their neighborhood. Huh. Little little welfare Anisha. I should have named it that. <laughs> Jesus. I mean... <laughs> well, it's kind of the story, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah, really. Pretty much. It is. That's, yeah. that's when the Jay-Z song came from, right? Tomorrow, tomorrow, my EBT card re-ups tomorrow. 
<laughs> that is terrible, Dogbot. What? That is terrible. It was just bad. It was just bad. No, I mean, while funny, it was just terrible. All right, so Disney. Disney wasn't the clean-cut, wonderful guy that we, we all know and love, right? Um, he He was very much into the occult. He was very much into witchcraft um and i mean like based on every movie that he's he he was involved with it's heavily influenced by magic whether it's in disney splits it off into good magic and bad magic though so that makes it okay right it's good magic right, and bad magic. The, yeah. the good uh the good fairy godmother mm-hmm. and of course the evil witch there's always the evil witch uh sometimes they make a deal with the evil one a faustian bargain uh other times they're just victims of it like um uh, what's her name? Sleeping Beauty. Right. Right. But there's always the dichotomy, always the dark and the light, which yeah, is, the original, in and of itself is a Kabbalistic ideal. The original red team, blue team was the good fairy and the bad fairy or the bad witch. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, before any of this even came about, Disney, um, Disney was working uh, with the United States government, Right. Like when was the first? What was the first Disney movie? The first Disney movie was Snow White. Al- Alice in Wonderland. The first feature. First feature was Alice in Wonderland, wasn't it? No, it was no. It was, it was Snow, Snow White. White. Okay, Snow White. And what was Alice in Wonderland? That was the first one that was on television. Then it was the first of something. Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. What I mean, what are you thinking of? Because it was no. He made a deal with. ABC, and that was when he he did Mickey Mouse Club and the Wonderful World of Disney, Wonderful World of Disney, excuse me, and he signed with I don't remember how many episodes for both of those, and the, the, he did um, the Alice in Wonderland movie, and so I don't remember what year. All well, that was. Alice in Wonderland was 1951. Okay, 51, um, and, and it was Snow also White one of was... the first Disney movies to come out on VHS. Okay. What was Snow White? The date in Snow White? Snow White was, I want to say 19, I want to say 1930s, but hang on. Okay, Dumbo was 1941. Yeah, uh, 1937. 1937. Pinocchio was 38. Okay, so what the hell was it? Why am I remembering something with Alice in Wonderland? It's been quite a bit after those. Yeah. yeah, that was that was fourteen years later. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, I, I know. No, I, I'm look, I didn't even I'm... know that some of those were done in the thirties. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I guess, in my head, like I had this idea that the golden age of Disney animation was somehow in the fifties, like post World War II. But I, I didn't realize that a lot of these classics, uh, these Disney classics, were pre World War II. Yeah, yeah. Tokyo, 1940, Fantasia, 1940, Dumbo, 1941, Bambi, 1942. So there's like a majority of the most famous ones were pre-1945 movies. Peter Pan was just after Cinderella. Uh, Alice in, oh, Alice in Wonderland is quite a bit earlier than I thought, 1951. Yeah, yeah. Peter yeah. Pan was 53, Sleeping Beauty was 59, Mm-hmm. Um, the last one to come out before Disney's death was uh, The Sword in the Stone. There was 101 Dalmatians in 61 and then Sword in the Stone in uh, 63. 
Yeah, wow. Yeah, wow. Sleeping Beauty is 1959. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm trying to look up why I was looking. Why did I say that about Alice in Wonderland? There was something special about Alice in Wonderland, and I don't remember what it is. Anyway, it doesn't matter. So the very I mean, there's first... a lot of special things about Alice in Wonderland, but right. All right, it's I always, from... always like the March Hare. It's the thirteenth release of Disney's animated features. If that's interesting, you know. Yeah, there is that. Mm-hmm. Um. Oh, here, shown on television is one of the first episodes of. Disneyland, whatever that means. I don't okay, know that so means. it was the first. That was the first full full length feature on his television show. Okay, that's what it is. Yeah, that's what it was, well, and it was the first of something. Wait a second. Disappointment on its initial release, much like many of these stories mm-hmm. that were. Yeah, they're they're only hugely popular now. Yeah, you know, if you notice, like they weren't hugely popular back then. So, but he he got a lot of awards, anyways. But yeah, wait. so. Apparently, yeah. So, uh, actually, for Alice in Wonderland, I was just looking at this. Um, Disney hired Aldous Huxley to write the script. Jesus Christ, really? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> really? Walt Disney yeah. hired Aldous Brave New World Huxley to write the script for Alice in Wonderland. Had no idea that was a thing. Okay. Uh, now I'm going to have to go back and read. Lewis Carroll's book and watch the thing again to see what the difference is because there has to be Huxley had to have put had to have put things in in the script for the the movie that weren't in the book. Yeah, I have read yeah. the book, watched the movie, and the movie is definitely different than the book. Much like every other adaptation yeah. of something that adds a bunch of other. Stuff that wasn't in the book to begin with, interestingly enough. Well, all yeah. Disney all Disney adaptations of books are like that. That's what makes them a Disney adaptation. They add that Disney aspect to it. The Disney magic they add, right? Ah. Isn't it weird no. how when they add Disney magic... What? No, go ahead. Oh, when they add Disney magic, it's always something really super creepy or bad. Or just really gay, like or, being a suffragette. Or get, yeah. Somehow in turn of the century England... Right, Somehow. right. And turn it. Oh, yeah. It, yes. Mary, Mary Poppins. Yeah, all of a no, sudden. She's just a really nice woman who floats in on an umbrella, just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like everybody else's nanny, right? Just like Ellen Keller. She was very concerned about women's voting rights. Right. <laughs> very care. Very. <laughs> she cared a lot about women's voting rights and Jewish pogroms <laughs> in Russia in the 20s. <laughs> Yes, and making sure you take your polio vaccine. Don't forget, don't forget, Spoonful of Sugar was made to sell kids on the polio vaccine. Yeah, where's that? You take it. Which you take it with a spoonful of sugar. It makes the medicine go down. And you need the umbrella to walk afterwards or float. Mm, mm. When did the polio vaccine first come out? That was, oh, Lord. When did this come out? Attenuated back. That movie, now. though. That movie, though. There's so many There's so many things in there that are. Oh, there's so much. Yeah. yeah there's, it's, it's terrible. The Disney adaptations of things, if you really 
liked the book, you'll you won't like the movie. Okay, polio vaccine was the fifties, yeah. So around the same time as uh, Mary Poppins. Huh. Disney being used as propaganda to push medical agendas. What? Mm-hmm. 1964, of course, is Mary Poppins. And yeah, the first breakthrough polio vaccines were in the mid-50s, mid to late 50s. Hmm. Makes sense. Hmm. Also, uh, just have to get this out there. P.L. Travers, the woman who wrote Mary Poppins, absolutely hated the adaptation and all the changes. And she herself was also an esoteric uh, lesbian. What? Until what's her the, death. What's the difference between a regular lesbian and an esoteric lesbian? I don't know. She was more on the witch side of things than the Wiccan. Than the, yeah. Oh, Wiccan she's just like a, a, a Wiccan lesbian, whatever that yeah. means. Basically. Right. She's a Wiccan lesbian who lived in a very, very nice townhouse in London. She, oh, oh. so she was from Boston? What? London. London. You said like Wicked. Wiccan. 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 Oh, I thought you were saying wicked like how they say it in Boston all the time. No, she, no. Drove, a, she drove a wicked Subaru. No. No, <laughs> no dog. She wasn't she wasn't no. actually a Wiccan specifically, but she uh, throughout I, her I life. I understand what in, you're trying to say, Reinhardt, and I don't yeah. know what these two people are doing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, um, even she hated that, it and she wondered why Disney put so many changes in. Well, well, there you go. Agendas. Yep. Yeah, there are other movies we noted when we were doing the show notes to, uh, that Disney changed. Uh, the one that was the most interesting to me was not really one of these big famous movies, but I do remember watching it a lot of times when I was a kid. There was this remake of The Wizard of Oz called Return to Oz. Oh, my God. It had, <clears throat> yeah, it had like a different kind of version of Dorothy and different characters instead of the Scarecrow and the Tin Man and them. One of the guys was this big pumpkin head guy that looks like um, something out of a horror movie. Yeah, that, that was really freaky. Yeah. Just that part in and of itself. That was bad. Yeah, just all right. Like just looking at the guy, he's cr- creepy in and of itself. And so um, it turns out, and I need to rewatch this movie to really see how deep it is, but in the movie, they subject the protagonist character to MK ultra electroshock mind erasing therapy. And then she enters a dissociative state. And I think that's how the movie begins. Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What a way to, that's a Like Disney always does the trauma release, trauma release, uh, psychological process with their scripting you know, where the protagonist will get into a situation where it'll almost die or somebody, some battle happen. And then, you know, then something good happens and then something, you know what I mean? How Disney does that. There'll be a death. Right. But there, there's a whole, there's a whole genre of young girls being transported to alternate dimensions and treated mm-hmm. very poorly mm-hmm. and put through all kinds of life and death trauma at the behest, typically of some kind of, of King who is, is watching them or lording over them. You know, at the, at the end of, at the end of return of Oz, there was a ice King that was threatening to keep her. Oh, uh, that's right. You know, that, that was threatening to keep her there. Well, yeah, to me, there's always child this, stealing. Well. <laughs> Go ahead. I said, there, no, there's always child stealing or kidnapping well, yes. kids. Yeah. And to me, it kind of evokes images of, and I hate that I've ever seen these images. Some of the artwork that was, uh, you know, from the Podestas, um, a lot of the, like the the red shoe 
tortured children stuff uh, that that's just kind of what came up in my mind when we're talking about this because we are we are talking about literal trauma based mind control that's dumbed down for the screen that's given to you little by little by little every frame as your kids watch this yep i mean yeah, uh, pinocchio, we skipped- pinocchio had the boy version of it with the pleasure island where you can read into it like i read one article where it's the masonic journey blah 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 blah. but when you look at what pleasure island is it's like they're stealing boy children to take to some place called pleasure island and they're grooming them by giving them beer and cigarettes and uh, treating them like quote unquote adults, it's uh, really sick shit. And that was the second movie that Disney ever made that was placed right there in your face. Yeah, and the story itself, Pinocchio, wasn't exactly, you know, the greatest to begin with because he was. Uh, there's a there's a lot of other symbolism in the just the original story, but Disney in the Disney adaptation, that part's added. Pleasure yep. Island. It was never yeah. in the original story at right. all. But there is the whole disobedience and uh, all the other Masonic stuff. Without without Pleasure Island, that is the more Masonic uh, interpretation right. of that of that tale. Because that that's I don't think that part has anything to do with that. That's just Disney adding its little touch there. Disney magic, Imagineering yeah. for you. Origi- Imagineering. And originally, uh, before they chose the name Pleasure Island, they uh, previously were going to call it Bogey Land. And I guess one of the managers on the film, one of the film crew managers, uh, said they were trying to find a name for a place where, quote, kids could do things they weren't allowed to do elsewhere. <laughs> Pleasure <laughs> Island. So we've actually skipped. There's more. I mean, there's there's more movies. There's Chitty Chitty. Bang, Chitty why can't I speak already? <laughs> Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. And you have the child stealer. Literally called the child stealer. And Wait, he, is that what it was called? Child yeah. catcher. Child catcher. I'm sorry. Yeah, child catcher. The, the child catcher. My bad. Same thing. Yeah, child catcher. No. Yeah, who, who would stalk around and say, hmm, smells like children. Right. That's so bad. And in one hand, he's got a butterfly net. And in the other hand, he's got what would be considered an abortionist's hook. Jesus. Mm-hmm. And he goes around and he catches children. He's got like a big hook nose. I mean, they at least make him look really Jewy. That is yeah. the one thing Disney does do is make the bad guys look Jewy. Well, it just means he's based, right? Right, he's based, dude. He's Can totally we just go home now? He's totally anti-Semitic, dude. He he kicked out the. Uh, it was what, what was the deal? The communist. The communists were taking over the union. They tried to unionize his animators so he fired him and besides he, he, he fired him and in 1947 became uh, good old buddy friends with J. Edgar Hoover right and in uh, in declassified transcripts he actually writes to Hoover as they are friends like writes actually kind of informally sometimes yeah about giving up and sending lists off to them saying yeah. you know signing things best wishes your friend well, Walter Elias Disney hang on a second hang on a second wait a second Reinhardt no, no, I, I, I was told, I was told there was coercion, arm twisting, and much threatening by the United States government to get, to get um, Disney to do any of that stuff with, with them. You're telling me, you're telling me that that's a lie and that he gave up communists and other people. I mean, but he's given up commies, though, based, right? Well, um, you tell me after, after I read just a couple sentences here from a declassified document. 
Uh, Disney would like to feature a series of programs for the FBI and law enforcement as a career. Uh, he has no specific outline in mind. He presented this thought to SAC. I'm guessing that's like Special Agent something Malone. Uh, an attempt to secure the Bureau's inter- initial reaction and if favorable views would could be drawn up or specific ideas for presentation and clearance. So he's approaching the FBI for uh, propaganda purposes. So he's approaching the FBI with like a deal. I'll make movies about propagandizing your career as, you know, to kids. And man, here's another one. So Disney, hold on. So, so you're telling me Disney wasn't based or wait, isn't this based? This isn't based. I'm, I'm confused. Do you consider illegal surveillance by the FBI based as they visit your magic kingdom as people visit your magic kingdom. Whoa, wait a second. Now, magic well, he was kingdom. anti-Semitic, so it's based. Right. He was anti-Semitic. <laughs> he didn't hire Jewish animators, you know, because they therefore, were therefore, working with feds was based. Right. Therefore working with the feds was totally based. Um, Oh, okay. Right. Okay. He, right. But but here, I think like di- one of Disney's other things about the Jewish animator thing was like like the Warner Brothers exist. They make cartoons. Go work for them. He hired non-Jewish animators, but he hired like you were talking about earlier the Sherman Brothers. If there's a song that your kids love, it's a Disney tune from the older Disney movies. One of the Sherman Brothers wrote it. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Yep. Yep. I want to search that and actually see if it's some kind of uh, jumbled up Kabbalah spell now. <laughs> How could it not be, knowing what we know? I, well, it's de- I mean, it's definitely said like a spell. Oh, yeah. yeah well, and, it's the and, whole point and, of the and song. The, and, and then the, the chant afterwards. Is, well, hold on. The, then, the, the thing about... Oh, go ahead. The thing about Mary Poppins is, is Mary Poppins is a fucking witch. That's the whole point of the entire movie. It, even when she's appearing, uh, she uses witchcraft to get rid of all the other nanny uh, applicants. Mm-hmm. And as she's floating in and the kids see her, one of the kids says, oh, my God, that's a witch. And the other one says, it can't be a witch. She's flying in on an umbrella. Ha ha. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Know what I mean? Yeah, totally right. not. Because everybody knows that a witch only flies in on a broom. And she had a, uh, a a very much an affinity to commit acts of magic throughout the entire movie. Oh yeah, there was there was a lot of moving of inanimate objects. There was a lot of using portals. There was uh, interacting with anthropomorphized animals. Um, it was all it was all just to help the kids grow closer to their father, right. which never happened in the books, by the way. Right, right, and again, it's some parent figure that comes swooping in through a fucking window like they always do and usurping the position of a leader or a role model to the children, which happens over and over and over and over again in these Disney films. Peter Pan. Yep. Aladdin. Aladdin. You got Aladdin the genie, a literal demon, a, deal with a demon, a literal. Yeah. A gin is a literal demon. And, and he makes a deal with the demon. And then he goes to this young girl's bedroom window and kidnaps her and takes her. <laughs> well, first he tells her to take off her clothes, dude. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah, did you guys hear that? Yeah, go everybody yeah. listening, go look it up. Go look, look it up and, after the show. Yeah. And the and the fairy whose dust he uses to make children that he's about to steal fly, uh, he dumps her in the ass. Yeah, he Oh yeah, Peter yeah, Pan. He, Peter Pan, yeah. yeah, he pats Tinkerbell's butt and that's where the fairy dust comes from that you know you're you fly with Tinkerbell even shows her little panties off a number of times mm-hmm. they like, yeah. mm-hmm. literally dress like a harlot right yep. and they, they like they show her panties meaning you have to animate her showing her ass and her panties that okay, she's guys. already dressed like a harlot okay, guys right? guys well, are... apparently walt disney had an affinity for drawing the bottoms of uh the young children and a lot of the a lot of the animators had to edit out a lot of his stuff yeah, so apparently there's a couple other cartoons where the young the young kids in the cartoons are wearing the pajama the pajama pants that have the the button up bottoms, which I guess was a thing back then. You know, you don't see that now, but apparently he liked to uh, draw those. Uh, yeah, you know, accidentally falling down all the time as a gag. Oops! Oh, yeah. the pants falling down. Yeah. yeah, that was one of his things. The little little boys with their pants falling down. Well, in a connection with uh, Peter Pan, there was a uh, child star, a Disney child star, who was in several uh, live-action Disney Studios movies. So, like, uh, Song of the South in the 40s, Treasure Island in, I want to say, the 50s. Uh, it was a kid named Bobby Driscoll. And eventually, he actually took on the role of Peter Pan at uh, Walt Disney shows, uh, I believe, at Disneyland. And there were rumors flying for years that Walt had a, uh, a specific affinity for this boy. <laughs> yeah. And by the time he was 17, he was a heroin addict. And I believe he died at like 30 or 31. Uh, just from a ridiculous drug use. But he was definitely a victim of, uh, of some kind of trauma-based programming. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah, uh, but he and Walt spent so much time together. It's really creepy, actually. One yeah. of the first of many of these kids who was groomed and then had their life turned into an absolute wreck after they became an adult. Oh, with Disney, they were famous for it. I mean, like the ones that are the modern ones now. You've got Miley Cyrus, you've got Britney Spears, um, Christina Selena Aguilera, Gomez, Demi Selena Lovato, Gomez, right? Demi Lovato, yeah, the newer ones, yeah. Ariana Grande, uh, going back, right? Christian Bale, even uh, not Christian, yeah. yeah Christian yeah, yeah. Was um, there's some male men too, male well allegedly. Yeah, Gosling yeah. and and Timberlake. Yeah, we didn't, get to, we didn't get to talk about on Nationalist Enquirer, but Demi Lovato, <laughs> Demi Lovato was recent recently put out an article about how she sings songs to help ghosts return to peace or something yeah, like that. So retarded because we, of we'll, racism. Hey, 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 hey uh, we'll do we'll do life. We'll do we'll do Nationalist Enquirer next week. Let's do that next week. We'll talk about Demi Lovato and Ghost. Oh, I have to miss it. Uh. Um, so we're way into like episode two of this series. Now uh, we 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 got to finish talking about Walt Disney, the man, the person, this the greatest man in all of media history, right? I mean, he made he's made the most wholesome of movies, the the most goodness on film ever, right? Yeah, there's there's not another film company that um, that does that much, you know, like family values, um, media, right? Everything about Disney is all good family values, right? I mean, unless you consider like 
everybody's mom dying or just not being there. Yeah, I've noticed how I was just thinking about when you're talking about the trauma based thing, like even the cartoons themselves often have some sort of trauma inducing story. If you're a little kid, like Mm -hmm. the Bambi story at the very beginning, the mom dies. She's shot by the hunter like one of the very first cartoons that many kids would be introduced to. One of the very first like because there wasn't there weren't that many shows back then. And animation was a big deal where you went to a theater it's on this big screen you probably haven't seen too many animated movies in your life so when you're watching it and you're a little kid back then it's going to be a new experience and it's going to be like a different form of reality that you're entering you're not just completely surrounded by screens like kids are today and one of the first and most momentous images that you're assaulted with is this lovely mother and child relationship and then the mother is just killed and then the child is crying. And then isn't there a forest fire after that? Like all the animals are like running out of the yeah. forest. Yeah. Fleeing. Yeah. I mean, it's just horrifying. And then really he becomes king of the, well, the, the, the way, the way, ba- the, the way Bambi's birth was designed was intentionally to make it seem like Jesus was being born. Yeah. Because his father was king of the forest. Much in the same way, the same vein as the Lion King. The li- right, Lion, the Lion King. King was in the same vein as Baby. Right. The son of, uh, yeah, is a, a little yeah. a Christ story. Dude's literally up in the sky. Mm-hmm. Holding him up in the sky, right, right. Oh, I was talking about Mufasa's spirit up in the sky. But oh, yeah, also exactly. that too, yeah. Birth of Simba, they're holding him before everybody to see. Right. You know. But see, what happens is before that, he Simba falls on the ground, and then before he sees his father, uh, the dust becomes the word sex. Before that, yeah. right. Then he sees like, his father. Many such cases. Many such many, many, such cases, many such cases. Yeah, in that yeah. one movie alone. Okay, that's for that's for the next episode. Yeah. So, so Disney himself, a Demolay, uh, an Order of Demolay graduate, a most likely thirty third degree Mason, a good friend of J. Edgar Hoover, who was a well known cross dresser. Um, he was. Really good friends. Now, dude, great friends with former National Socialist scientist Werner von Braun, everybody's favorite Nazi, aside from Uncle Adolf, obviously. But, um, I mean, obviously. But, no, I mean, wait a second. Werner von Braun took us to the moon, so wouldn't he actually be cooler than Hitler? Like, but if he didn't, no. But for real, though. Then, but for real, though. But did Hitler do what the people we don't like said he did? No. No, I think. I don't know. And like, I, and like sure. you which, said, which, which and like you said many times, which, Dogbot. Which hoax is more important? Well, denying the Holocaust is denying white achievement. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. It, you say that is true. You is. saying they couldn't get that done back then? I mean, damn. If they, dude, if they could build over, you know four generations of many families of master masons build these cathedrals over 400 years you know they they could make the first jet airplane but they couldn't pull themselves up by their jack bootstraps and right. get that done with trains mm. nope. i mean i mean clearly you know, they didn't dude clearly they didn't cuz there's still jews but like you know like, Disney clearly didn't go hard enough with his yeah. propaganda. Otherwise, they could have done right. it. Well, they didn't was, twist his arm. Hard I want to know. You know what? I want to know. Honestly, speaking of the Disney propaganda that he was totally forced to do, he was totally forced to do. Um, was where he had Donald Duck 
as a member of the Allied and like the Germans. I was like, that had to be confusing for some kids. Like seeing Donald Duck sig heiling and then seeing Donald Duck like attacking Germans. Like, uh, very confusing. Yeah. Especially since uh, that three Caballeros where uh, Donald Duck was trying to make out with all the Latinas. Oof. Yeah, Donald Duck was quite lecherous. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mysticism, never, it, futurism. It, yeah, and he also didn't wear pants. Right. Also true. Also, at least Mickey wears pants. Right. And right. so did Goofy. Hmm. But for some reason, Donald, didn't Donald wear Duck pants. is pantsless. Right. Feathers He's a pantsless pa- sailor. Pantsless pa- sailor. Pantsless sailor. Very sailor. Gay yeah, sailor very gay sailor outfit. All right. Um, also, <laughs> why is the world's most beloved animal a rabies carrying little burrowing nasty little thing that gets into the back of your pantry and pisses in your fucking food that it ate a hole in. Wait, is rabies real now? I mean, it's parasites. It's parasites, but oh, like, okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I thought parasites that cause absolute madness and yeah. frenzy. Right, right. It's not a virus, though, right? Yeah, no, no, no. All right, but you know what I'm saying. Like that's why is that? Why is that the most beloved animal? Made. Made beloved by a company whose entire business model is witchcraft. Rabies was really an experiment that Jews were trying to do in Paris, France, mm-hmm. and it was in a lab. It was and in it a lab, but due, due to caught, the bungling Frenchman, the dude, you could, you, could you just imagine? Oh no, it has gotten out. Yeah, <laughs> and so that's why they have to do rabies vaccines right. forever, because right? Because Jews you had afraid of well, rabies. you had. Right. Well, you, what was the problem was was the problem was you had two different. Um, fa- I can't do this. <laughs> two different rabies vaccines, right? right. Was, well, you had four different rabies vaccines. You had four different one, rabies one vaccines, group. right? Yeah. And what well, the thing one is, group. but the best part about that was, is you had the inventor of the vaccine, right? Right. <laughs> right. Went on. Uh, he went on Giuseppe uh, Rogan's show. <laughs> Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, and he talked about how uh, that the vaccine was not very good. All right. You know, I found years ago on a a historical memorabilia website, you know the cigarette cards they used to put out that you collect? They actually made those for each of the vaccine manufacturers. So whichever one you got, you could collect those when you got your pack of cigarettes on the way out. Oh, my God. That's like collecting vaccine cards. Yeah, exactly. Well, back then, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so Disney, (laughs) Disney was friends with, with Werner von Braun, who, uh, with, with the help of Disney and the wonderful world of Disney, whatever show it was, um, he produced three feature length films that helped promote the new company that Disney and Jet Propulsion Laboratories were, were putting together, um, the company would become the, um, National, what is it? Aerospace, aeronautics and space administration. Yeah, yep. Aeronautic. That's right. National Aeronautics and Space Administration. That's right. I always say it wrong. Satan minus the T. Yeah, Satan. You know, there's there's people out there that have heard that and it's like, wow, that's really cool. But then they do it as a joke because other people don't really stop to think about it. And when people hear it, they're like, oh, that's one of those dumb things, isn't it? But then you think about it. But is it really one of those dumb things? Is it dumb? Is it dumb? 
Like, why does it, you know, is it, oh, you're just finding patterns. What's that called? And a dilemma or something? The fucking thing where you. Well, especially when you know that Jet Propulsion Laboratories, Jack Parsons, was a thelemite and did actual magical spells on the rocket launch pads and was like jerking off onto the launch pad doing sex magic. I mean, the whole story of NASA is just as rife with the same kind of occultism and witchcraft as the story of Disney. Right. Well, and it's rife with all the same alphabet glow niggers. Wow. Amazing, right? Yeah. Incredible. Strangely enough. Alan Dulles. Strangely enough. uh, Yeah, that Dulles brother. Alan Dulles was a really good friend of Walt Disney's. Well, you know, I was just reading a skull earlier. (laughs) Walt Disney's biographer, Leonard Mosley, wrote the Dulles Brothers biography and the DuPonts. No way! (laughs) Yes. How? No way. Walt Walt Disney's biography was written by the same guy that wrote the DuPonts biography and the Dulles Brothers biography? That is such a weird coincidence. I wonder if, if Walt Disney ever got help from the CIA to do anything. Ever. Well... Interestingly enough, when he was working on Tomorrowland with Werner von Braun, mm. actually, um, he again offered his services to the FBI. Uh, or the CIA. Um, you're reading it wrong, Reinhardt. It is clearly, it states you're reading it wrong, that the FBI came in and clearly strong armed him into forcing him into doing this stuff for the government. That's true. Man. They must have they must have faked this one part where it says Disney volunteer that the FBI's foremost in the fields of law enforcement, intelligence, and surveillance. Man. Tomorrowland Tomorrowland was one of the biggest flops of any Disney movie that's ever been put out. It was definitely the biggest flop that George Clooney was ever attached to, and he starred in Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. Killer Tomatoes is pretty good. Actually. I was going to say, you take that back. That was a good movie. <laughs> well, yeah, but it was a flop. Yeah, it was. It was a B movie. Yeah. Yeah, but that was his first movie. All right, all right, all right. I'll allow that. It was, it was, it was a flop. But it was, it was a good movie though. But Tomorrowland, Tomorrowland was, was like terrible. Tomorrowland, that terrible. and John Carter, like, okay, like, yeah. All right, now, yeah, like, all right, the, like that's, almost, I've, that's Disney enough. Almost had to stop making movies for a while because they lost so much money on both those movies. Yeah, because they fired the guy who literally his life's dream was to make a John Carter film and brought in some faggot. All right, that's I think enough. it was the guy who did the. Uh, was I think it was the guy who did the Narnia movies that they brought in mm. to me, which are which are once again filled with with symbolism. Oh. We we'll have to do. We got to do a Narnia show at some point. Hey Johnny, uh, check the prep chat real quick. Okay. Can I read the little uh, thing oh, about Lenny Reifenstahl since we're there's a pause? Yes. Oh yes. Um, Disney, this is from Walt Disney's Wikipedia, but it's very, I mean, (laughs) just make of it what you will. Disney has been accused of anti-Semitism for having given Nazi propagandist Lenny Reifenstahl a tour of his studio a month after the movie Kristallnacht. Uh, a month after Crystal, not the movie Crystal, not after Crystal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is that, oh, is that one of the Donald Duck films? Yeah, who played, uh, yeah. Donald Duck played Strasser. That was a <laughs> up there. <laughs> Although none of his employees, including the animator Art Babbitt, who disliked Disney intensely, ever accused him of making anti-Semitic slurs or taunts. No it's way. Weird. No way. 
I thought he was a raging anti-Semite. Hey, listen, if Family Guy has taught me anything, that when they thaw him out, the first thing he's going to say is, are there still Jews? That is a funny scene. It is. <laughs> yes. All right, put me back. Put me back. <laughs> <laughs> that is funny. Well, see, and, and again, Seth MacFarlane can get away with that because his mom's a Jew. So yeah, yeah. Um, but man, yeah, Disney wasn't really anti-Semitic because you know he has the Sherman Brothers who made every song that you love from dude from the from 101 Dalmatians to Aristocats to Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious to every single one of those classic Disney movie theme songs. I'm trying to think of one that they didn't do. I just found more. This is so bad. The Walt Disney Family Museum acknowledges that ethnic stereotypes, uh, yeah, common to films of the 1930s included, were included in some early cartoons. However, Disney donated regularly to Jewish charities. He was named 1955 Man of the Year by the Benai Brith chapter in Beverly Hills, and his studio employed a number of Jews, some of whom were in influential positions. Oh. Interesting. So he wasn't a raging anti-Semite, and that's absolute bullshit. And the worship of Disney is unwarranted. Okay, there's a, a lot of, there's a lot of worship among certain people that is completely unwarranted, but, you know... Yeah. So, Disney did a lot of stuff with with the military-industrial complex. He did a lot of stuff with uh, the espionage-industrial complex. The CIA, I mean, the CIA helped him basically steal the middle part of Florida. Yeah, like, they helped. Uh, it was Bill Donovan. Uh, <laughs> it was once the head of what would become the CIA. He helped right, create all those shell corporations yeah. through his law firm. Right. It created all kinds of fake corporations to buy up all kinds of property. And then all of a sudden the people realized, wait a minute, those are Disney companies that so they wanted to, they wanted more money for their property. And the CIA even went so far as to help Disney create fake cities like Lake Buena Vista, which is like 110% owned by Disney owned and controlled by Disney with its own magistrate and its own laws and its own police force and its own fire department and its own everything. It's own secure. It's own uh, world intelligence. Or yes. Agency. Yes. The Disney <laughs> world. Intelli- <laughs> Holy Bro, okay. shit, dude, the Disney. Okay. It's the uh, Walt Disney company's global intelligence and threat analysis department. Yes. Global <laughs> intelligence and threat analysis department. Good Lord. Global. Because Disney has offices. Every amusement park needs one of those. Well, because there's global amusement parks. They need to be networked so that at any time, It's a Small World is linked up. So, you know. You never know when there's going to be a terrorist attack on a roller coaster. So Right. Somebody's going to hold up the Hall of Presidents. (laughs) Oh, the Hall of something. (laughs) Yeah, and then they show you. There's one thing about the It's a Small World ride. Did you notice that in that ride, you're not going around a globe? It's just no, flat. you're not. You're going yeah. around a flat plane. Yeah, you're just going around a flat plane. Just well, saying. Disney in general, Disney's logo in general, it's like it's uh, the star going over the castle is the firmament, the dome over the thing, and 
the castle poking through the dome is supposed to be the Tower breaking. of Babel. Breaking. Breaking through the Tower of Babel, breaking through the dome. Or Operation Fishbowl. Or Operation Fishbowl, right. Right. There's all kinds of, you know, those are schizo. Yeah, which you know, Disney yeah. was involved in, interestingly enough, right. wasn't he? Yes. Right. Mm. Right. He was That's involved in Operation Fishbowl. What's he doing in Antarctica? Well, you see, he's a very influential media mogul. Yeah. Also, friends with J. Edgar Hoover. You know, so he was down there being coerced. That was what was happening. It was a form of torture. It's how he came up with the Alice in Wonderland style torture system. Yeah. It was by being taken to Antarctica and being drugged by his ankles around the ice wall, apparently. I don't know. Well, um, he was hung upside down in the, in the uh, tarot card formation. Right. Oh, while. right. They left him there. Right. They left him there and they were doing some Torquemada shit to him. That's like the second time I've heard you mention Torquemada torture techniques in the past like two weeks. What do you mean? I'm not studying <laughs> anything. Like what? <laughs> Actually, third time. It, okay. <laughs> He's an interesting character. I always think it's like, well, of course a Jew came up with all the worst torture techniques, and then they killed him by his own torture technique. Of course, you know, the Reconquista was totally based. Right. Totally. I had I had somebody try to tell me waterboarding was torture. It is. It it is. It it really is. Well, it doesn't do anything permanent to you. I, it, uh, okay. What? I mean, it's not like technically torture. It's like it's not like bamboo under the fingernails. Sure, right? you, sure, your fingernails grow back. Yeah, I get it, but like. It's torture, like yeah. It's, it's, it's well, no, bamboo torture. under the fingernails is torture. I'm just talking. I'm talking about waterboarding you know. is also torture. So, if you guys had to choose, would you choose death by fire or death by drowning? Oh man! Ah! This is terrible. Fire! You're gonna burn out your entire lungs just by screaming in absolute agony. Wait, yeah, wait, wait, wait! Who's setting you on fire? Getting, Who's getting setting your, you on fire? John Calvin or Nazis? Yeah, because if it's the Nazis, it's going to be done very quickly, very efficiently. It's be over yeah, with. if it's John Calvin, he did it the slowest way possible. Right, in a smoker. He, he would frequently or... retard the fire, so that way yeah. you would experience it. You were basically, John John Calvin basically smoked you. Yes. Yes. At 225 degrees for like 18 to 20 hours. At which case he served you with like a either a vinegar base or a mustard-based sauce. Brothers, let's take our communion with hard liquor, and then we're going to smoke a Servetus later. <laughs> <laughs> a literal rump roast? All right. Good Lord. So uh, Disney Disney wasn't exactly the based, cool, all-American guy, father of, you know, Mickey Mouse, founder of the Magic Kingdom, happiest place on earth. Speaking of one father thing, mm. I really wanted to bring this up. What's that? Did you guys ever hear about Walt Disney's adopted daughter, Sharon? Oh, yes. Yeah, for like the first few years, uh, he, they said that, that his wife had her. Right, and didn't. Yeah. They got Sharon to be a playmate for the other daughter. Right. And Walt was uh, unrealistically obsessed with Sharon and used to follow her around when she sleepwalked, uh, used to 
uh, well into her early teens would bathe and dress her. And uh, they went on different uh, they went on different trips together for months at a time by themselves. Hmm. Retreats like in Alaska and uh, stuff like that. Interesting. In the mountains. Yeah. Well, oh, she she ended up killing herself when she was thirty three years old. Oh, of course she did. Thirty three. Thirty three. Nothing weird about nothing that. weird about that. That's a number that comes up around Walt Disney quite a bit. Thirty three club thirty three. Which is uh, located on the 33rd parallel. Well, 33rd parallel and on, what is it, 33 Royal Street? Mm-hmm. 33 Royal 33, Street. 33, yep. And 33rd parallel, yeah. And that was actually one thing that I completely forgot. Uh, Mount Hermon is on the 33rd parallel. Mm-hmm. Which is good the, luck uh, the... finding, oh, sorry, good luck finding pictures of Sharon. Yeah, you don't find very many at all. You find like two. Huh. Weird. Maybe I mean, they just totally want to keep existed. the privacy. She, they, she they, totally existed. She's not a fake human being. She wasn't a fake human being. She's just, uh, you know, they they don't want you to know that about old Uncle Walt. She wasn't. She's not included in, she's not included in those biographies too too much, is she? So she's. No, are she, you saying? Are you saying she was an imaginary character in the story? No, but I am saying it's creepy that he asked all the Mouseketeers to call him Uncle. There is that. Yeah. Uncle Walt. Yep. Yeah. He used yeah. to show up on set all the time. Oh, yeah. Yep. I'm sitting in Uncle Walt's lap. Let me light up a smoke. Yep. He's the only one on, on set that's allowed, that was drinking. Yeah, that too. The only one drinking. And apparently he was like an incredibly heavy drinker. But thanks to his buddy, Reddy. Yeah, thanks to his buddy, Joe Reddy, the, uh, the fighting Irishman. Nobody knew about it. Amazing. Amazing. Nobody huh. knew, and nobody knew about the pedophilia either until you know uh, guys started getting nabbed left and right from everywhere, from park employees to the Disney board itself. Yep. Um, the director of music and publishing, John Healy, was arrested, accused of abusing two underage girls. Good lord! Yeah, and that's just what we know about. Yeah, George yeah. Mitchell, one of the former board directors, huh. had a uh, like several accusations i'm talking like over a dozen there's a lot of course he sat on the board in the eisner era yeah that's the that's just the juice it was when before that before eisner took over before he was strong-armed you know to selling before you know uh they forced roy into selling waltz stuff to the eisners uh it was not jude at all you know it was just the cia and the fbi and nasa that's all. No big deal. And then the Jews pushed him out. And well, then actually, the, the right. Jews killed him, probably. Right. The Jews pushed him out so that they could take over and work with the CIA and the FBI and NASA. <laughs> but Von Braun was so pissed. Right. Right, right, right. But working with Disney then, he wasn't working with the Jews. He was working with Walt Disney, right? NASA worked with Disney all the way through, I mean, to today. NASA still works with Disney. Right. Well, of course, they, they still put out propaganda films. You know, if you have Disney Plus, uh, you see, I see these commercials all the time at work. I mean, it's almost every every other commercial is some kind of National Geographic or Science Channel NASA propaganda film that's now being put out on, on Disney Plus with well, some actor. Everybody from Will Smith to... yeah. 
Well, Disney owns all that. Disney owns all that. Right. Literally, if right. You, you want your kids, your kids turn off Disney, but you want to watch football, that's Disney. The Discovery Channel, that's Disney. History Channel, that's Disney. There's pretty much nothing on TV. Yeah, I saw not Disney looking anymore. at look, doing the show prep. I saw something about uh, maybe it was Fuel, Fuel Tide who posted this, but it was a owned by Disney poster that was one of those org charts. And you know the org chart that's like the it's overlaid on the tree of life and it's got like the cap, the Vatican and the Rothschilds and right. the, the, yeah. all the bloodlines. And it, it looks like that basically, except it's Disney owning every company. Yeah. Yep. Yep. It's ridiculous. And it's in every market. It's in Asia. It's in Africa. It's in Europe. It's in North and South America. Disney's the largest corporation there is. Has to be. I don't. I don't believe that there's one bigger. That there's. I don't. Can't. And what they and what areas that they don't own? Uh, good point, Skull. BlackRock. What areas they don't own? They're allied with. Right. They are on the same page, or at least on a similar page, because you know how these these demons are. They oh, are. Hold on. What alliances was that about BlackRock? Convenience. What was that about BlackRock? BlackRock's allegedly the company that owns basically literally the entire world. And I'm sure there's a lot of overlap. Oh, with, Disney. Yeah. Well, BlackRock manages literally everybody's money. Yeah. Yeah. Their money and their property. Yeah. Disney owns all the media. Like all of it. Yeah. Every, every piece of entertainment that you mm -hmm. see. But we totally broke up the monopolies in the early 1900s, guys, right? It was good to do that. It was good that we did that. It was good that we did that. And then Disney, well, if it wasn't for the Jews taking over, this never would have happened. If the Jews didn't take yeah. over Disney, this never would have happened because they, they never would have worked together with everybody else. Disney would have never had that. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I think Disney, I, I think Disney was kind of um, not based at all. I think, I think he might have even had some pedo tendencies. Yeah, I was going to say he might Maybe. have actually touched children. Uh, I, I think he went beyond that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I There's think he a lot. May have, been, uh, may have been touched and initiated himself. <laughs> yeah, most likely he was. There's a lot to Disney that we're going to get to this season, I think. Um there's there's so much stuff. I mean, just the symbolism, and we, we've we've talked about that a little bit. The symbolism and all the different agendas that they've secretly and overtly pushed. Um, it's crazy, man. It's it's the country, you know, the country, the company that's you know again predicated on goodness. Everything they do is wholesome, and it's been it's all about the magic, right? The good magic, though, yep, the not good the magic. bad kind, right? And programming your kids, Imagineering, which is you know. Engineering, engineering your imagination dreams. engineering your children's imagination for generations the most i mean like how many people have allowed this mega corporation this cult which is a it a media company or it's excuse me it's a culture creation company that masquerades as a media company and how many people have allowed this to babysit their kids for hours and hours and hours on end Meanwhile, subliminally, they're getting pounded with stuff that nobody really sees. And then overtly, they're taking in all kinds of narratives. Yeah. And remember when there was a, it was a, like a couple decades ago, a lot came out about the subliminal messages that had been put in movies in the 1950s. And mm -hmm. 
they were talking about, oh, well, they were doing experiments in movie theaters where there would be like flick, 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 buy popcorn and people would go buy popcorn. And they noticed that they could influence people by putting these subliminal messages into the movies. But then they found out how influential and how that was really uh, immoral. And so they stopped doing it. They didn't do it anymore. It's like, do you really think they would stop doing it after they found out something was so powerful as a means of mind control for a population? And then they put it into the movies with children who are there creating as at the most exoteric level, they're creating these lifetime consumers who are mm. going to be loyal to their products for their entire life. And then when you get into the deeper, grosser parts of it, you see that they're actually being sexually exploited and groomed into this occult magic society that runs Hollywood, runs. that runs this entire industry that they're in. And it runs well, on what, sex with well, kids. Uh, one of the things about a lot of these Disney movies is that there are actually two layers that are going on. There's the there's the the novice layer of what you're supposed to be seeing, right? And then there is the initiated layer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, it's the exoteric and the esoteric. Yeah. So so we're going to get into that in another one. Yeah. Oh, oh definitely. Yeah. There's there's the, esoteric and exoteric narratives i mean there's sometimes several all at once you know yeah. um, disney it's it's amazing the the spellcraft that they put into these um well they, yeah the the subsequent episodes that we do on this i'm sure uh some people will find them far more entertaining because we're not just talking about somebody's life we're going through and getting into the very nitty gritty specific situations and <clears throat> and rituals that these people are performing as they are drawing literally billions and billions of these symbols <laughs> on purpose right. in these animated films. Right. This isn't, these aren't, they probably, these aren't screen caps taken out of context, out of a video that where somebody, you know, gets a, a still shot of somebody's hand in some odd position. No, these are purposefully drawn hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of pictures just to make one, you know, few seconds scene and these occur hundreds of times in each movie. And there's how many Disney movies? <laughs> and they're supervised they... produced and directed too by somebody who's look, looking over the entire project and making oh, yeah. sure that every single thing, there's nothing every on single frame animation. Nothing. Yep. Do you think that's why they switched from hand-drawn cell shaded animation to the uh, CGI, like the 3d animation, just because everybody's hands started cramping up after a while. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean, some of the animation, horns. dude. Some of the animation back then is still pretty amazing for, you know, for even as far back as it is. Yeah, they went to computers for expediency. We just copy. Yeah, now they can penises everywhere. Well, well like, now they can like, just get a Pajit like on Fiverr. Aladdin was the last one that had hand drawing going on in it, but mm. that was also the first one where they did certain computer animated effects. For some of the wilder scenes right also it's a movie where a thief lures away someone who's going to be rightfully married to someone else and he's also got the powers of a demon that helps him out yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of really i mean just the overt narratives like that but he's a funny demon He's a funny demon. Funny demon. Played by Robin Williams, man. He's the funniest demon ever. You know. Yeah, that guy. That guy did a lot of that stuff off the cuff. That's the thing, right? They had to animate around the stuff he did off the cuff in the studio. 
Right. It was just so it was just so off the wall and wild. It was wild. Yeah, they're like, oh my God, let's go with this. Yeah, let's go with this guy's. Just just let him just let him go. Just let him go. Let him go. He's yeah, in a he's in a manic mode. You bring in right Robert Williams. You just gotta let him riff, right? Because you know he, you never know when he's when he's not going to be manic. So, yeah. Imagine the outtakes. Oof. Riff yeah. as thou wilt shall be the whole of the law. Isn't that <laughs> what it is? That is what it is. Yeah, that is what it is. Yeah, there's a coagulating going on around his uh, face when they found him, <laughs> hanging from a doorknob. Yep. Ah, beat me <laughs> damn it all right such a weird way to go hanging it, from it a is knob, it you is know? it's not some way that you would think somebody would not if you're a hollywood person apparently no yeah. if you're a hollywood person or 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 a singer from an australian pop band or yeah, it depends on how much how, depends on what your uh your belief in the significance of the number 11 is yeah <laughs> you're right. the son of john podesta yeah i don't think too. he was found hanging from a doorknob was he he was oh, a window. It was a window. It was a window. Yeah, a window. Wow. Oh. Or if you're a you know fashion designer like Kate Spade, she got hung by one oh. of her purses. Oh, it was a. Uh, <laughs> the other belt or a tie? Oh, it was one of her? It was like one of her own designs. Somebody was like, "Fucking, I don't like this." <laughs> or if you're a kung fu master like David Carradine, you're hanging from a doorknob. Yeah, he hung himself from the door, right? Auto erotic. It's just auto erotic asphyxiation. Yeah. 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 Because that's something you, you do. You did it wrong, Grasshopper. <laughs> oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, the TV show Kung Fu was uh, uh, racial propaganda, by the way. Oh, absolutely. It was like a Jewish guy pretending to be Asian. No? I don't know. Uh, yeah, but okay. every, everything was about white people bad. Oh, and, uh, the, most certainly. Yeah, it was like old school white people bad. Very old school. Man, all right, we're um, we're over two hours, so welcome to season seven, everybody. Um, we'll be back with some more. We'll be doing the Nationalist Inquirer as usual, the midweek show. Skull will be around every so often, right, sir? Yes, sir. I'm going to try and be around more. Right on. Uh, we will. Um, I will not be around on Tuesday. Yes. Tuesday. Tuesday, yes. Wednesday, yeah. But I will be back. That is right. We will be doing a live stream one of these weekends. Maybe next weekend. Maybe the weekend after. I don't know. Probably the weekend after next. We'll have a content show for you next weekend. Uh, but we will have the Nationalist Inquirer coming up. Don't forget to check us out. All of us on Telegram. Um, Their dissident apparel should be up and running again by now. And uh, check them out. Any word on our new designs coming in? You know that. You know what? I I would like to look my phone. Of course it did. I can't plug my phone into the same power strip that my computer plugs into because I get some sort of weird Apple feedback. It's really weird. Oh, that's weird. Yeah. Well, we uh, Astro diagnosed it. Remember, I used to get that weird clicking stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, "Don't plug in," so I don't plug in there anymore, and now I don't have. A charger near me, and now my phone died. But anyways, uh, I will look up Dissident Apparel. Check it out. They might be on their website. Look it up, DissidentApparel.com. Uh, they are not. They're currently. not? They're going to relaunch will... January 8th, this is what it says. Oh, yeah. Orders were relaunched January 8th, which yeah. has already happened. Right, which has already happened. Ago. So, okay. Well, I guess we're calling the Dissident Apparel guy out on the show. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, we'll hit him up. We'll hit him up. I don't know. Yeah, sorry about that, bro. Didn't mean to. I don't know. Whatever. We're gonna have a creepy pasta at the end of this. I don't know what it is yet, but there will be one, and we will see y'all later. Time travel makes you gay. Holly's parents went out for a business dinner, so they hired a babysitter, Beatrice, to watch her. Can I have some ice cream? Holly asked after supper. Eh, Sure, the babysitter said. Where's the freezer? It's in the basement. Well, so are the nuts and cherries and candy and stuff. When Beatrice went down to get the ice cream, she looked out the window to see a little girl standing outside. This didn't strike her as too suspicious, and she simply brushed it off. After she had given Holly her ice cream, she asked, Can I have some hot fudge on this, please? Of course, was a quick reply. After Beatrice went back down into the basement to retrieve the hot fudge, she looked back out the window to see the same little girl. Only this time, she was wearing a red cape. She absentmindedly wondered if the little girl was playing dress-up as she trudged back upstairs. Got it. She deadpanned after setting the hot fudge in the microwave and putting the thick chocolate goop on the ice cream. Can I have some nuts on this, please? Really? Please? Ah, fine. She sighed, already heading back down the stairs. As she got the nuts out of a small cabinet in the wall, she looked back out the window to see the same little girl in the red cape, holding a knife. Beatrice ran upstairs and decided she was calling the police. Oh, thank you! Holly squealed happily from her perch on her pink Disney princess booster seat. Uh, I, um, yeah, yeah, Holly, I need you to... Oh, oh no, 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 can I please have a cherry on top? Not wanting to alarm Holly, Beatrice decided she would go and get the cherries and then call the police after locking herself and Holly in the bathroom. There's no way the little girl could get inside if the windows and doors were all locked. After slowly descending down the stairs, she opened the freezer with shaking arms. Daring to peek out the window, she closed her eyes before staring out. The same little girl, in the same red cape, holding the same knife, was there. Only the knife now had blood on it. Running up the stairs, scared of what might await, she checked on Holly. Holly was dead, a small pool of blood forming on the floor under her. She ran to the bathroom and locked the door behind her before dialing 911. When the police arrived, the tearful mother and father were with them. The mother approached Beatrice, sobbing uncontrollably. What? What? What happened? Oh, God. I'm sorry. Oh, oh, God. I saw this little girl with this red cape and a knife, and she was outside your your basement window. The mother collected herself and said, We... we don't have any basement windows. Only mirrors.